What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the post-game overreaction show presented by UGASports.com. I'm your host, Paul Meharry, joined, as always, by Jason Butt. And uh, we'll get this show started off the way the Georgia Bulldogs did. Quick, fast, and in a hurry, 43-20. to 20. The Georgia Bulldogs walk out of Jacksonville while the Florida Gators run back to Gainesville. Guys, uh, we want to know where you're watching us from, though. Like every show, go ahead and put it into the comments. Let us know where you're watching us from. And also, if you don't mind, if you've got some questions, put them into the comments. Also, if you're feeling Jason, they're feeling froggy, they can jump. <laughs> they can jump into the show with us. The link is in the description. You can jump in with us, and uh, we can have a good time talking about this uh, 43-20 to 20 victory. Jason, like we do every show, we got to get your initial thoughts, my friend. What's up? Yeah, man. Uh, so, initial thought. And it's just one thought. Just one. Just one? one. Okay. Just one. Billy Napier's a moron. Mm. He's a moron. Mm. Fourth and inches. And and, and honestly, I'll give him this. It was a bad spot. I thought that should have been a little closer than they gave him. They gave him about two-thirds of a yard. That play changed the entire complexion of this game, in my opinion. Georgia was the better team. Georgia was never in danger of losing. But Florida, at that moment took itself out of any contention in this game. I haven't seen a dumber call in any college football game that I've, I've witnessed this year. I'm sure I'm missing one. I'm sure somebody can point something out. Well, if I mean, Mario Cristobal at Miami. It's Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not ne- not kneeling. Yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. I, I just think in terms of when you're – yeah, when you're in the, in the early going of a game, you score on the opening possession, and then you do something that stupid because – it's it was already risky to go for it on fourth down in that situation, yeah. But then to run that play, snap it five yards behind the line of scrimmage with what looked to be a halfback pass, like, get out of here, man. What's amateur hour when it comes to coaching a big time college football? Georgia made them pay, boat raced them from there. Thought everybody on Georgia had a pr- pretty good game, uh, you know. No worrisome questions coming from me from the Georgia side of things. But it, it was uh, – I, I thought – I honestly think that this game could have been a little more competitive in the first half if not for the idiocy, lunacy, and stupidity of one Billy Napier. What was the score when that play happened? 10-7. Mm. It's, it's so stupid. I mean, if you're Georgia, you're just laughing. If you're a player, staffer, fan, anybody associated with Georgia, you love it, you're laughing, you are – Thanking, you know, whichever deity you believe in, because it's it's uh, just it's just remarkably dumb, remarkably dumb. That's and th- that was my main thought I, in the moment. I go, Florida just cost itself any competitive standing in this game. In that moment, Georgia made them pay. Next thing you know, it's twenty six seven, almost in a, with a snap of the finger. And you don't let a team as talented as Georgia uh, uh, have be able to smell blood in the water the way that Florida did. And so, uh, you know, that, 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 that's really my only thought because, because otherwise Georgia did exactly what, what I expected. I really didn't think there would be much of a drop-off or any drop-off with Brock Bowers being out. It's, this team is too talented at the skill position, uh, really receivers and tight ends. I thought Oscar Delp, the catch he made was fantastic. Yeah, The receivers Brock, played well. Yeah. Carson Beck, as I've, as I've mentioned all along, uh, is going to be there in New York when it's all said and done. Uh, the offense, the offense is rolling right now, um, and, I, and I thought the defense played a really good game too. Uh, after that first drive, I thought the scripted plays from Florida hit them, uh, you know, 
work in the middle of the field. Florida's been successful there for most of the year. Uh, they hit some uh, some nice edge runs, but then but then Georgia, you know, uh, re- really that that call though. All of a sudden, you're down seventeen uh, seven. Georgia gets the two sacks, and it's just you can pin your ears back at that. So, uh, great game by Georgia. Just stu- stupid by Billy Napier. Well, we've got uh, Heath Fox waiting backstage. James, I see you. We'll get to you in just a second. James, bring on Heath Fox. Uh, what is this? Long time listener, first time caller here, Heath, or, or first time listener? What, what's going on? Uh, for uh, well, I've been listening for a long time, just first time joining. All so, right, all right, fair <laughs> enough. We appreciate it, man. I'm uh, from North Carolina, but we uh, big big dog fans down here. My brother's a Florida fan, so had to end Ooh. up watching it with him. So that was that was tough. How, <laughs> but, uh, how was it for you? It was great. I I loved it. Uh, like Jason said, man, coach on on Florida's team Napier, he just you know that was just a bad plate call, man. Just a bad play call. I mean, when you, when you're up, you know, you come up and you score the, your first drive, seven nothing, and then we go and kick a field goal at seven three. You know, I think I think uh, Jason hit it right on the point, man. Just bad play calling for them, and and uh, but I also think our defense played a great game. I mean, I think we did great, and um, you know, I think Florida made a few mistakes. Obviously, they had. Uh, three turnovers within the 50 uh, in the first half, obviously. And two of them went on to score. We went on to score for Georgia. So uh, we it could have easily been, you know, 10, 10 to 7 or even 12-7 going into half. So I think Napier made some some bad play calls. What uh, – anything uh, over to overreact to, uh, Heath? You know, I – no. I mean – I think Lyde McConkey, wide receivers played great. Like it, like you all were saying, you know, Delp, you know, stepped right in with Brock Bowers, and um, I think Delp played a great game offensively. We we looked great, and we have every week. You know, it's not it's not anything new. I mean, we we run the table on the offense offensive side, and you know, defensive. You know, past couple of years we've been great, but um, we haven't seen teams put up as many points as they have this year on us right but but you know um i think we played a great great game all around um big win for us obviously i was kind of worried going in without rock obviously but i think everybody stepped up carson beck played a great game um and he looked good i just wish he would use his legs a little more um i think he tried a couple times it didn't it didn't quite work out for him it didn't (laughs) it didn't it didn't he was i think it was like um, we were third and goal. I can't remember where it was, where he overthrew one of our receivers. But if you looked on, on the right side, Ladd McConkey was wide open. Or he could have ran, you know, to the right. But, you know, at the end of the day, we won, and we won big. So There you go. You uh, Before we get you out of here, you worried about this uh, last little run of games for Georgia, three teams in the top 25? <clears throat> uh, I'm worried about Tennessee. You know, as as being uh, Western North Carolina, you know, we see a lot of Tennessee fans, you know, they have 110,000 going strong. Um, that's the only game I really worry about other than Ole Miss coming in uh, to Athens. I'm not really worried about that. It's home field advantage. But I do worry about Tennessee a little bit, um, you know. But uh, I think Tennessee's quarterback has a cannon, obviously. But uh, – you know, I'm not. I'm not too worried about it for the rest of the year, other than other than Tennessee. There we go. 
Well, so. we appreciate you calling in there. Uh, he looks like you're in your truck. Are you going to a bonfire? Where are you headed to? <laughs> no, I'm headed to eat dinner. <laughs> I can oh, follow fair you enough. now. <laughs> fair enough. There you go, man. Well, have a good one, and uh, we appreciate you calling in. Appreciate you guys. Have a good All one. Right, Take care, Heath. Yeah, I don't know, man. Missouri's still – yeah, Brett Weimer's got my back here on the chat. Missouri's the one to worry about. Missouri's tough, man. Missouri's tough. Yeah. There, there's some stuff that we'll get into during the show, Jason, for sure, that uh, you know we can overreact to. Carson Beck missed a couple of throws, you know, that, but at the same time, how, how, you know, 19 of 28 for 315 and two tutties, like can't really get too mad at the guy, right? You just, no. you just beat Florida in Jacksonville, a place that's crazy, spooky things happen right here near Halloween. And you just won 43 to 20. I mean, not, not much needs to be said on that. James Caraway coming in. James, what's up, man? What's up, what's up James? What's uh what's going on in your brain? Um, I mean we lost Brock, but we got a healthy lad back, and he's just so, he's so good, healthy. He's an NFL route runner. I mean, I see Tyler Lockett. Everyone wants to compare him to all the other white receivers in the NFL, but I really see um, Tyler Lockett just kind of elite route running, and when he's in healthy with a good back, I mean that offense is just even more different um, than they normally are. I was interested that they only took that one deep shot and it was with lad. So no Arian um, again today. I know I talked about that last time. And then yeah, uh, we, we talked about that and I did the, I did the grades afterwards, James. And I thought of you because we were talking about Arian Smith and you know, that one deep shot that he had, you know, he was only in for one play yeah. and it was that one. I don't, I don't think I saw Arian out there at all. Did you, did you, uh, blah. did you Jason? No, he was a non-factor. And I believe this week Kirby was asked about him, what's going on, and the the answer was not a ringing endorsement whatsoever, as if uh, you know, it's something that can he can get fixed and right and get get back into the swing of things. It sounds like there's a confidence issue and a uh on both ends, whether it's coaches and Arian Smith himself, in terms of can he you know, is he one of the best players to be on the field in this passing game? And and it doesn't seem like that's that's the case, uh, you know, with this coaching staff. Yeah, I did see uh, I did see the other Smith out there, though, quite a bit. C.J. Smith. And he's I don't think he's as fast as Arian, but he's pretty damn fast and he's bigger, too. So maybe he's taking those reps. We'll see when the uh, snap count comes up from uh, Trent Smallwood over on UJSports.com if Arian actually played. I don't think he did, though. Uh, I know he didn't get a target. He's not listed as getting a target or anything. So I don't. I don't think he was out there. Uh, James, was this game? Did this game help you for the next four? Uh, realize that that Georgia can can do something against these four teams. Would did it leave you the same? Or I mean, I don't think that you would say it left you in any worse. Uh, but there's an option for that too. No, I think that it, it went as script. I mean, when you're looking down at the third down. Um, efficiency rates on both sides. I mean, that's really in big time football. That's where the game's won. And Florida is so bad at that. Georgia is so good. And it really played out after that first drive. But the fact that we got pressures um, and sacks was awesome. We hadn't really seen that. We've seen pressures, but yeah. to really get to the quarterback. Um, and the defense stepped up. You know, I, I didn't really think, you know, everyone's talking about I was dealt and lucky going to step up. And it's really going to be the defense and the receivers. And defense played really well outside of our number two corner again. I mean, um, that was a true freshman that had an all-time career game um, just running slants. And, you know, I think we have great DBs that are really going to 
you know, put Luther in check over that Missouri, but they have cool. seniors um, at the number two spot. Like I'm not, I'm not worried about Luther going off for 150 and a couple tutties, but the number two guys are experienced and we have a sophomore and freshman who haven't really shown that they can cover with consistency and JD, uh, um, uh, Johnson, JDJ, again, that one big long run you see he's jumping to the hole on the left side and lets it go. So that's kind of things we've seen consistently, but overall I feel like everyone stepped up, um, and the edge really stepped up today. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. How's the baby doing James? She's good. Uh, we're both a little drunk right now. Her on milk and me on Coors Light. So <laughs> we're doing great. Love it. As long as you're drinking one and she's drinking the other, then we're, we're good here. Yeah. No talk, no need for CPS to get involved, anything like that. No, I'll get over here. <laughs> hey, uh, well, we appreciate it as always, James, man. And uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next week. Yeah. See you guys. All right, brother. Take care. Yeah. Uh, hey, Andy, Eddie, call in, man. Uh, Jason's got to go somewhere. I need, I need some, I need some coverage here. I can't do this on my, I can't do this by myself. Um, I have faith in you if it came to that. I, I probably could. Yeah. Miss um, <laughs> Mary's here. She said bearing the Gators is always extra fun. I know she meant to say beating, but it it makes it better with the bearing. Miss Mary, how are you? Uh, let's see here. Connor Sweeney. Jason says, can we also recognize how awesome Dejon Edwards is? Signed day ad and man, he is nothing but reliable. Yeah. So Edwards, I love his vision, man. It's got great vision. Almost, Almost two years in a row against Florida, over 100 yards, just barely yeah. missed it. 16 for 95 and two touchdowns. This kid, man, this kid is something else. You got one of the bigger, more? yeah, one of the bigger overachievers I can think of uh, outside of Stetson Bennett being the look, obvious look, recent Kirk, one. But Kirby does this all the time, Jason. There's yeah. always a three star on every team that plays well above. I mean, you can go all the way back to like Solomon Kinley and then yeah. work your way back this way. Um, there's always that kid. Chase Langford says, uh, how Georgia play without Bauer? So they're supposed, supposed to struggle. The only thing struggling right now is my words uh, coming out of my mouth, and I haven't even had anything to drink. Uh, yeah. Dude, they talked about – I wish there was an over-under, Jason, on uh, how many times the broadcast team talked about Brock Bowers. Yeah, he's arguably the best player in college football. Yeah, so like I, I expect that. And here's the thing. If you're not – inundated with uga football the way that we are the way the fans everybody in the chat yeah. is yeah like, people who just consume uga news knew that this wasn't going to be that big of a deal production wise i mean brock bowers is the best player in the country like don't get me wrong i mean the guy's special right. and he makes uh, a world of difference individually but there's so many other weapons on this team uh that maybe get overshadowed because of how great he is so you got to see a little bit. I mean, I, it's been nice to see Dominic Lovett since the the beginning of the season, the way he's progressed. I, I think he, I thought he had a good game today. Lad McConkey, obviously. Now, it, it's it, James made a uh, a good point, or Heath might made. I would can't remember right now, but going from a you know banged up lad to healthy Brock to a banged up Brock to a healthy lad, you would love to have both of them healthy at the same time. But, you know, Lad being full go 100%, I mean, that that's that's huge for this offense. And it gives you that – I love that comparison, by the way, that, uh, that James Tyler made. Lockett. Uh, Tyler Lockett. Yeah, he does play like Tyler Lockett. What's, I mean what, – That's got me curious what Tyler Lockett uh, height and weight is. Let's see here. Not that anybody yeah, I think like it's more so here. just like yeah, how he can get downfield, but also the route running. Getting, he can do so much of everything. But, man, he can hit you deep. Um, 
You know, he's, and, he's 5'10", 182. Yeah, lock it. Six, six foot, 185. I mean, it's yeah. pretty close. Pretty right. close. It's not bad, James. I'll take it, James. That's, that's he plays game. He plays like Tyler Lockett, huh? So that's a great comparison. Hey, Leonard Young says, uh, my prediction was Georgia 42, Florida 17, but I was close. Yeah, mine was 42-17 as well. So congrats on that, Leonard. We're both celebrating our uh, predictions tonight. Corey Carter says, I'm watching this show while flying from Dallas, Texas. There you go. Matt Norris, I'm 0-8 in Jacksonville. We'll never go again, but, man, it feels good at home. <laughs> Damn, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't announce that to my uh, Georgia friends, Matt. They definitely will never, yeah, never, yeah, never go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Jason, I've, I've got, I wouldn't say comparable help, but I do have help here to. Uh, you got, you're in great hands. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're in excellent hands. No, I, I, I'm not Jason Butt. Jason Butt's the best. You know, he, uh, that's you know, not true. Great, great analyst. I love it. I love but, uh, what he brings to the table. But thanks for the shot right off the bow, Paul, and and hope you guys are well this evening. <laughs> of course, to see you, brother. Good to see you. But Jason, as always, man, I appreciate you opening it up with me. Go have fun. Yep. What are you going to do Halloween shindig? Yeah, or? if you can't tell, I'm, I'm I'm about to make the hair go a little bit more back. I'm Carmi from the Bear. I don't know if y'all watched the Bear. Oh yeah, yeah, the the yeah. chef. Yes, chef. Yeah. Nice. There you go. Yeah. All yeah, right, have well, fun, uh, Jason. Yeah. All right, y'all take care. Have a good one. Dude. What's up, Eddie? What's up, Polly? How are you, buddy? Hey, man, I'm doing all right. There's a. Uh, I see Andy, but he's like out in the field somewhere. I'm not going to bring him on right now. I, I think he's. Well, we can screw it. We can. <laughs> I can't see him. No, you can't. Cows see. or something. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Basically, well, look. Can you see my, the cows? I, I'm I'm right beside cows and chicken farms. Nice. Um, what are you doing? Well, yeah, so well. the game ended, and I had ate some. I, I was eating some hot dogs, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go for a walk and walk off a little bit of this hot dog and Debbie cakes and all that stuff. So, so you know, I figured. Just take, just take for a the record. Walk. Just for the record, Paul, you asked us to come on, and I sat down in my professional studio to do. I this appreciate story. that. I, I didn't go back by the deer and hang out in the. Hey, woods. I was I was like a mile up the road, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna hop on, even though it's dark. So like, I, I, an I answered the bell. So there we got you go. a car right here, so you can see me. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> hey, don't get hit, bro. I'll don't be get okay. hit. Stop. Hey, Andy, join us when you get back home, yeah, man. I'll be back in like five minutes. All right. Dear God. I hope he's all right. <laughs> we do have uh, – hold on. We do have another one. We've got another one back there. i got to get rid of this for this, though. Um, let's see here. Chase has got me already. He says, Eddie from the A, and we ain't talking Atlanta. I love it. Not tonight. I love it. Um, before I bring on this character in the background – uh, Indy Clip says, does Beck's Heisman odds improve? Jason is on the Heisman train. Eddie, where you stand with old uh, CB? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I still think he's got a little ways to go. I, I understand what Jason's getting at um, because the guy is an, an efficient machine. That's what he is. He's just – and you know what I love best about him, Paul? When he's under what? duress, you, yeah. he, he's just completely calm, and he finds that open guy. When he's got six guys coming in his face, he just – finds that guy now three times i've watched him miss wide open touchdowns one of which was tonight on the long ball so if this is a post-game overreaction show i'm overreacting to that because i'll go back to last year stetson bennett overthrows arian smith we don't win the national championship you gotta hit those gotta hit them you got to you got to pickless cage man you got you got you have to change your your profile picture back curtis maximus he says dogs by 50 Here's a guy. Uh, I don't know if this is Halloween or this is just how he dresses up for his wife on the weekends. Anthony 
Spanish. Hey, what? Hey, what? You... Look, Paul, I'm I'm you for Halloween. <laughs> yeah. I got a hoodie. <laughs> I get the hair you want. Isn't this just a is it? Isn't this just a Tuesday in the Spano household? Pretty much. But look, yeah, I was going to put my name up, and it says <laughs> I was going to put it up. You know, like everybody else has their name. Right. 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 You know? Right. Yeah, like uh, I'll, I'll hold it up here, like for everybody to watch. Uh, Eddie, how, what did you think about the run game today? Oh yeah, I, I didn't even gotten to that. Uh, Dejon Edwards is a bastard. I mean, that guy is a beast running the football. <laughs> I lo love to watch him run the football. Now, now wait, let me ask you a question about the sign. Did that win make you so horny? Is that why you're saying that? No, I made it before the game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I played golf before this. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. No, I, I knew, I knew, I knew Paul wanted this hair, so I was gonna. My daughter was gonna uh, trim it up like a mullet, and I said, "No, no, no, just leave it the way it is." <laughs> what a! I can't, man. Um, it's right here, like, Paul. It's right here, yeah. Paul. How'd you like the game, Spano? I loved it. I thought defense finally did their job on third down when the and when the the third downs really mattered. And um, the offensive line, Tate Rattledge looked really good. Monroe, Fe yeah. Monroe Feeling looked really good. Yeah. And Xavier Trust looked really good. But like you said, um, sorry, my hair's in my face. Uh, just wait for Roddy to call in. So uh, I, thought, I, thought, I thought Georgia came out with a purpose today. And it was to beat the absolute dog shit out of Florida. And they did. Them. It was to bully them. That's that was did. it. One hundred percent. Yep. Uh, Joshua Patterson says Anthony looking like younger Vince Neal here. Oh, that's a good call. That's a good call. <laughs> what a. What are you doing for Halloween, Anthony? Oh, uh, dude, I got this dope ass fucking costume. Sorry, um, I didn't cuss last week, so I get two of them today. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. No, I, I have I have two really super cool outfits that I'm gonna wear. I got a I got a reaper eating a guy's face off, and then I have at the same time. Name? Are you wearing it at the same time? Yeah, no, no. I'm wearing. I, I, it's a reaper eating a guy's face off. Is what I'm. Okay. Is, is the one. Is the one. You said you had two. No, no, and the, yeah, and I have another one. The other one is um is like an is like a um like a mongoloid oopaloopa. Like I'm like super like just overgrown and you know just fangs like it, look, it looks like Pennywise, but it's yeah. not Pennywise. Yeah, so, so it's totally politically correct, and it sounds like right. Hundred percent. Oh yeah, sure. Hundred percent. Hey, uh, before I kick you out of here, Anthony, uh, what what do you <laughs> get that off the screen for a second so I can talk to you? Um, what do you? So you got Missouri next week, then Old Miss, then at Tennessee. Any of those games scare you? Uh, the, uh, the Ole Miss game more than Mizzou. I know, uh, a lot, a lot of people are talking about the Mizzou game, but, uh, uh, Mizzou likes to try to run the ball and hit more deep shots than, um, than Ole Miss does. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but if you look at the statistics, uh, I'm, I'm more worried about Ole Miss than I am Mizzou. Well, I mean, really? granted, well granted, we both, we have them both at home. Right. But Ole, Ole Miss is a is a better is a better third down conversion rate team than uh, Miss uh, Missouri is, and Georgia. I mean, I know they played well today, 
when it mattered. But Lane Kiffin is going to go on third and fourth down every single time. There's as if you're if you're anywhere near the 50 yard line, we have to play for four downs as a defense. So that could keep the defense on the field longer. I'm looking here uh, just to see if there's another game that CBS might take that week. They mm-hmm. they might take Mizzou, Tennessee, but I think probably – well, that would be three weeks in a row. Georgia would be at 330. I, I don't play. think that's going to happen. I think one of those games will be at night. I just have that I, I would love, I would love for us to play Ole Miss at night, honestly. Yeah, I, think, I think that's announced. what's going to happen. They've already announced. Eli, you think so, Eddie? Missouri no, Georgia about- is already 330. I know. I'm talking about Ole Miss, Paul. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. That's that's gonna be, yeah. I think that's going to be a night game. I, you I think, think I've had seven o'clock ESPN game? Yep, I yep. really believe that. No, I think that'll really. I think that'll help Georgia, honestly. Sure, yeah, be nice. I think that'll get the crowd into it a lot more. So, and I'll say this: if if Tennessee loses tonight, that Tennessee game might be at noon. You never know. Ooh, little noon kick. Yeah, little it noon. very well could. Are they? Uh, this is a very stupid question. Uh, I'm a. They're Eastern Standard, right? They're not because I know half that state yes, is. Yes, they're, they're Eastern Standard. Yes, okay. they're Eastern. Yeah, because yeah, Vandy's an hour behind though. So right, I had, I, you know, I had to ask. I had to ask. No, that's good. Um, hey, uh, Anthony, I hope your night is enjoyable as the the laughs that you just gave me, my friend, and we appreciate yeah. you very much on the show. Hey, look, I dr- I, I dressed up as you, Paul. What do you think? Hey, look, we're both drinking Coca Colas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate it so much, but uh, you, you're the man. You're, you're, you're a gem, man. Anthony. You're a gem, buddy. Yeah, I love you guys, man. Everybody hit like and subscribe. Eddie Godfather, Paul the man. See you, dude. <laughs> man, what a what a guy, man. What a guy. He's the he's dude. one of the best. This is hilarious. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, hey, we got old Roddy Nabolsi. Where are you at, Roddy? Uh, this is the uh, what do you call it? The Bud Light or Daisy Place. It's the venue outside of the stadium that they have other concerts in. So, I saw that on the they they did a like a flyover and I saw it's a big white tent. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I was wondering uh, what white. that was. There's, yeah. So yeah, there's nobody here. I'm just uh, sitting in the stands. To the left is the uh, media workroom, and I should be in there actually uploading pictures of editing stories. But screw that, Georgia won the game, so um, we got to jump on with you guys. How was it uh, inside the stadium? Rollicking, <laughs> it was nuts. Uh, but dude, I mean, there were some puckered, puckered, puckered buttholes on those first couple of Florida drives. You know, the first what was it, the ten, nine, ten plays that Florida had there, just zooming down the field. Georgia's defense is two steps behind. You know, mm-hmm. get them in third long twice, and they just convert them easily. So uh, it was uh, it was nervous. But then uh, credit the defense. Uh, they got their act together, the offense. And here's the thing. The offense, they drive the field. They get the field goal, and you're like, oh, my God, 7-3. But then they scored again and again and again and again. I mean, it, it, it wasn't until, what, uh, late in the second quarter that they actually had to punt. So uh, turnovers – Stop them on downs, just a pure team victory, top to bottom. That was, uh, and again, we had. If you check out the column from Friday, we asked somebody inside the program. They said, "What's going to happen?" He says, "We're going to route them like Kentucky." And I'm like, "Okay, I don't believe that, but yeah." So uh, Georgia obviously uh, prepped for it. They knew what they what they were going to have coming in. They even knew that they were probably going to block a kick or block a punt. Mm-hmm. Uh, they practiced that almost twice as much as they normally do. 
So they saw something on film that could uh, change the outcome of the game. But sure enough, it was there. Uh, Pigless Cage wants to know if you went swimming today. I did not. I was up there where they had the uh, pool. Uh, we gave away a couple passes to the Spa Cabana pool area, thanks to uh, a fantastic dog winner. And I met the people that gave them to. And I mentioned that uh, one day I'd like to check that out because you can, I think you can fit 50 people into that uh, Cabana, uh, Cabana Spa thing inside the stadium. And we were talking about having 50 dog vendors in that. As oh, a hell no. God almighty. It's, it's, all, it's all you can drink, all you can eat. Uh, they is it, get you is on the, the elevator. You don't get a seat? You have to be in the pool? No, no, no. There's uh, seats all over the place. Up there. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know from those things but, like, hey, you can come in, but you, no. your seat is in this pool. You get out, you don't have no, a no, 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 no. success pool. Is what you're yeah. saying? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, they yeah. had they had a lot of nice uh, seating up there. So, uh, you know, they had wings and hot dogs and shrimp and, and you know, uh, everything you can imagine, food wise, all the beer you could drink. Um, so it was really nice. And then some people jumped in the pool. Some people who shouldn't. Some you know, the people who did. Uh, we were. I was hoping Makai Muse would take one to the house because there was a guy that had a uh, bet that he was going to do a ball fully dressed in the pool that Makai Muse were housed one. So, but anyway, it was a great party up there. Uh, and then I actually went around inside so I could uh, talk to a friend of mine and we watched the game. And I just tweeted, made fun of Florida the whole time. So, yeah, good times. Matt Norris is here. He says, Roddy, I'm Gandog. Damn, yes. Sign me up. It's Gandog from the yeah. board. Dude, sir. So, all we need to do is we, we rip the cabana. We. Uh, sell 50 tickets you know to the people that uh, want to go and we hang out and again that way you don't have to worry about food drink you know catering anything it's all taken care true. of true it's just the whole pool thing i don't want to see eddie in a speedo is the only thing um oh i, I do, just, you, uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> hey you you just missed yeah. uh, you, you just missed uh anthony spano coming on here you got to go back and watch that roddy he uh he got me pretty oh, good um Let's see here. Before you leave, or how long are you staying around? Are you sticking around for a while? What are you doing? I, 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 yeah, let's do uh, maybe 20 minutes, and then i got to do TV. Okay. Um, this was a big thing, Eddie. We hadn't talked about this yet. The turf. Good God. So they they came on, Roddy. I know you weren't watching the game. Eddie and I were watching it uh, from the TV broadcast, and it was kind of weird. Their, their pregame was not from a coach or anybody like that. It was from the sideline reporter talking about the turf and, and the, the sod being laid on Monday and Tuesday. It looked pretty bad from TV. How bad was it uh, in person? I know you were down the field a little bit. How was that? I walked around down there and it, okay. So my wife and I, she's teaching at Point University in West Point. So we, instead of paying rent, we bought a house in LaGrange. Uh, we'll rent out the house in Athens, move down there. We have new turf around the house, right around the base of the house. It's shit. It's uneven. It's hilly. It's hard in areas, soft in others. That damn turf. Now I get it. The lay in place stuff. You're supposed to be able to do that, but I was not impressed, and uh, I'm just glad. Well, I'm hoping no one got hurt, but I, I don't. You, Georgia does this all the time. I, I remember we broke news uh, two years ago that Kirby Smart, at the end of like the last, at the end of the season, had new turf put in. Or, he had new turf put in like on Thanksgiving. So they would be solid for them to practice on in case they made the playoffs, which he expected to. You're forward thinking, and you got to have it laid in there for like two weeks before you can start right. running around on it. Right. They had this thing like 48, 72 hours. That's bullshit, man. Uh, if, and if nobody got hurt, that's great. But you're cutting it way too close. It looked terrible. It looked like the only type of um, uh, golf courses I can afford to play on. You know? <laughs> right. Uh, right. 
Right. It's like this. This is god awful. This Jacksonville should be embarrassed. Eddie, did you hear the? I, I can't remember her name. The sideline reporter uh, basically throws shade at the city of Jacksonville. She's like, the yeah. Jaguars do not own this stadium. The city yeah. of Jacksonville yeah. does, and this is the product <clears throat> they put out. They weren't. They weren't happy about that. Well, I'm, I'm no, I'm no, uh, what do you call it? Green thumb, I guess I'll put it that way. But if you lay turf, what, 48 hours before the game, it doesn't have time to take root, does it? I mean, it, that's well, no, you, you, you don't, you don't expect it to because the, the thing is, like, uh, you're below the roots. It's solid. Uh, it's like six, eight inches deep. So that's why they call it lay and play. You know, you should be able to play on it, but it's still. It's still the problem is the seams, I mean, it's still, it's, the it's seams still, between it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I don't know. It's just one more thing. I, I, to be honest, though, I didn't notice, Paul, anything on the broadcast where guys were slipping or losing their footing very much. It really didn't show up very much to me. Um, yeah, no, when they when they showed it to start, I was like, oh, man, somebody's yeah. coming out of here at the torn ACL. Right. Didn't show right. up. The only person that did show up was Shamar James, who they said hurt his foot. Right. During practice, you know, practicing on the field before, it, yeah. it didn't show its its ugly head like I thought it was going to. That's for sure. Uh, Roddy, I've asked everybody this: Does this game now change your opinion uh, on these last four games for Georgia? Now you've got Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee, three teams in the top twenty-five. You finished with Georgia Tech, obviously. We have to include them because they are playing that game. But really, we're talking about the other three. Does this game change your outlook on the rest of the season? Absolutely. Uh, I think Trent put it best when he said that's the problem with Georgia is, you know, if they are concerned with you, they will come out and kick your ass. If they're not concerned, then they'll come out and coast until you get up on them and then they'll get around to doing what they're supposed to do. And again, I don't know if he's right or wrong, but you've had two good teams, two teams that you were kind of worried about, not even worried about, but just two that you thought were more of a challenge than the others, Kentucky and Florida. You beat the brakes off both of them. So do you think Georgia's going to be up for Missouri? Hell yeah. You think they're mm-hmm. going to be ready for Ole Miss? Yes. Uh, and again, I have confidence in the offense. And this was the first time you had it without Brock Bowers. Hey, folks, follow us on TikTok. I put up a post game, uh, of a video of all the players uh, running and jumping in the stands. You know, he didn't jump in the stands, but walking across the field was a, a number 19, this kid named Brock Bowers. And he was walking pretty damn smooth. I mean, a little bit of a limp, but it's him walking, no crutches, no crazy boot on there. <clears throat> okay. I mean, and then, of course, Kirby's going nuts. You know, Kirby loves this. I mean, Kirby is 6-2 and two against the Gators. That blows my mind. But my point, to, or to answer your question, when you come out of this game and you're uh, – you, it could have been 60-14. to 14. And the Florida is not a great team, but, you know, they did, they did win a couple games, you know, so – you got to feel a lot more comfortable about Missouri. You got to feel a lot more comfortable facing on this, going on the road and playing in Tennessee. So, yeah, I'm, I feel a lot better about this team because I think that's but, twice. It wasn't just a one time fluke against Kentucky. They're, yeah. they're capable. So, back to 19. It's two weeks now removed from that surgery, roughly, right? A couple of days here or there. So, best case scenario would be four weeks. So, maybe he could be back, not Missouri, but the weekend after. I, I don't know. Is that even possible? It's possible. Now, what I was told when it first happened was that they said, look, we've got a perfect case study in loss of money. Same surgery, same position. Uh, a a, a uh, offensive lineman can come back much faster, but a tight end, because yeah. of the turns because of that, the they have a yeah. set plant, the cutting, it takes them longer. They said, now, 
we didn't need to rush Lawson Lucky back because it's not even a starter. You know, you got right. uh, so we're not in a hurry there. But I said, use that as the baseline and then add in his desire, how successful the surgery is, how quickly he heals. He might heal slower, he might heal faster. But the fact that he's also a starter and he's the most competitive guy of the whole damn team, maybe in the whole country. So they're like, that worst case scenario, he's an outside chance in the SEC championship. But oh, you wow. could get him two. You could get him two weeks. But that that would match loss of money. Yeah, right. Just getting back for that. But they really need loss of lucky at Auburn when he got his first snaps on uh, special teams. This is a starter, so you, you move him up a week, move him up a couple weeks, maybe hell, maybe even three. So uh, I could see in two weeks, maybe he's next week he could be dressed out. I doubt he plays. Maybe not. But two weeks he could be dressed out and maybe take a few snaps or hell. Just go out there. Kirby loves to put a guy out there as a distraction, you know? Yeah. Like, hey, we're yeah. going to put him on one side, and then we're going to leave uh, so that the safety has to double him up. And that leaves <laughs> Dominic or Rara uh, single coverage on the other side. And guess where we're going to throw that post fade to? Well, I, I am so thankful that those injuries didn't overlap. I'm talking about Lad McConkey and Brock Bowers because Lad McConkey is an animal. That guy is unbelievable. <laughs> and 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 if he had been hurt today and not been able not been able to play, that would have really affected this game. That guy is a, I mean, he just he he's Brock Bowers esque. I'll go ahead and say it. He really is. He's that yeah. good. I, th- I think the best thing I heard today, and again, I, I, was, I just grabbed a shower and I. Had Sports Center on. They were talking about the George. I mean, uh, game day. I don't watch it very much. We talked about this at length, uh, but they were talking about the Georgia Florida game, and I think it was Kirk Herbstreit said, "And number eighty-four, Lad McConkey, the most uh, underrated wide receiver for the last two years." Like, very fair. He's a small, skinny, white dude where the where his helmet is like three sizes too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He looks like somebody's little brother out there, you know. Uh, honestly, uh, I was watching uh, uh, Andrew Smart, Kirby's son, catch passes and hand him to Carson back. I'll put up that video. It's a little hilarious. He's out there. With the, with the gloves are too big for his hands, but he's catching passes. And just, it looks like, you know, kind of like the team mascot, the team little brother. Len McConkey looks that way. Call it what it is. <laughs> but he performs like one of Georgia's best all-time receivers. So he, he has start getting he into has. that conversation. Yeah, he has football presence. I mean, that first touchdown yeah. he caught, his momentum was going all the way to the left. That was crazy. He understood that there were guys behind him going that way, stops on a dime and goes the other direction to score a touchdown. He and is able gets, to accelerate and is able exactly. to accelerate and get past those guys. Yes. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Gator fans he's are going to have nightmares a, about him. Yeah, he's not a slow receiver. You know, people thought, that, oh, well, he's. He's a possession receiver. He's a technician. Oh, no, he's not. The dude is fast as hell, and he yeah. knows where the gaps are. He right. knows your defense better than you do. He sees your safeties rotating. He's like, okay, that's the uh, twenty between the twenty and the twenty yards out and thirty yards out on this out route. I'm a fake inside to pull the cornerback inside. Then I'm gonna step into that seam. The safety's too high. The, the corner will be behind me, and I'm wide ass open. And he just killed him. And the way he hit the brakes. Mm-hmm. Turn around. That is elite. On I've, I've told the story a thousand times. I'll tell a thousand and one. When uh, we were at a camp, we had Andre Risen there. He said, "Look, what made me the best wide receiver in the NFL was if I was a stretch." But he's like breaks. If he had all the wide receivers working on stopping, running your route and slamming on your feet, and he told him to do this typewriter thing with their feet. The fact that you're running one way and can stop and go the other way, it just kills cornerbacks. It kills safeties. You know, because they they keep running the opposite direction. 
and he gets so much separation because his cuts are so clean, his routes are so sharp, uh, his change of direction is so sudden. You don't think of him as being quick twitch, but goddamn, he is. So he's just a fat ass. Yeah, can man. I ask? Can I ask Roddy about Carson Beck? Um, if that's okay, Paul. Um, Go ahead, man. I think Carson Beck is an efficient machine right now, Roddy. But this is the yeah. post game overreaction show. I think he has trouble on deep balls. I mean, he's missed. He missed one today that was a walk in touchdown. He overthrew that. He's done that a couple of other times during the year. He's missed about and five like or I, six. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Exactly. But like I told Paul. If, if Bennett overthrows Arian Smith last year in Ohio State game, we don't go to the national championship. We don't win the national championship. you got to hit those. So is that a concern? Yeah, Arian Smith that- was uh, – yeah, it's a concern because you've left uh, 48 points off the – you know, 49 points off the yeah. clock. I mean, you know, off the scoreboard. I mean, I say six or seven, but it's – There's probably been a little more. more. Yeah, yeah there've been, there've been, there's one or two a game. Let's call it that way. Uh, here's the thing. I don't know if it's him or if it's the receiver. Okay. My, my gut feeling is he's the common denominator and all that because it's been to yeah. different guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so it's easy to point to him, but also I can see why it's not, you know, if, if one's to Dylan Bell, one's to Dominic Lovett, one's to Ra-Ra Thomas, one's to Arian Smith, one's to, you know, Lad McConkey. Um, Sometimes it could be one of those guys, and sometimes you look at it, it's like, man, you got to go up with two hands. They hit you in one hand. If you've gone up with yeah. two, you'd have caught it. You know. Yeah. Other times it's like uh, they get back to the huddle. And he's like, I thought you were, you know, you thought you're coming out of your break at ten yards instead of you know uh, fifteen or whatever it is. So I, I don't know enough about it to say that it's him, but there have not that there just does not feel like Georgia has a deep threat. It does not feel like Georgia sailed one down there since what maybe the second game of the season been a yeah. while what's the longest what is the longest in air pass that george has completed in the last four or five games oh gonna be what we need yards, for that. yeah yeah, yeah. so but so no it, it is concerning because uh as somebody was talking about missouri the missouri is a better defense they got better receivers they're a better team than florida top to bottom oh so, yeah but i feel a lot sure. better i feel a lot if george would come out of this one one by four points you'd be scared to death even though you got him at home uh, you'd be like, man, this Missouri team's playing lights out, and they got the rest. And I also want to point out how important it was that Dejon Edwards and Lad McConkey had that bye week. Dejon Edwards had been wearing a brace a lot of the year. I thought Dejon looked phenomenal today. He, he killed him last he, year. He killed he him again like this a, year. What did he get? He looked like a number one back today. He was a number one back today. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Joshua, Carl, Kyle, Greg, Carl, one of you guys uh, look up his yardage last year and this year and put it together for Dejan Evans. He had 95. Yeah, he had 95. Yeah, he had 106 last, last time. Yeah. So over 200 okay. yards in the past two years. Yeah. Yeah. So 201 yards, back-to-back years, another Gator killer. He'll be in the uh, – Four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. Yeah. Really? And he had well, tough runs. And, and some of those were tough. Right. I mean, yeah. he, he, a couple of those, he looked like he was dead in the backfield and he got one or two. Those are my favorite plays <laughs> when the guy can make something out of nothing. And he does that better than anybody. Chris Calvin says, right. He's got that Georgia, Florida tan going today. Yeah. You do look smooth. I was in the right? sun all day. Yeah. Yeah. Must be nice. I was in, I, I was in the sun all day, but I, I walk in the sun every day. So I'm always sunburned. So 
I'm going to bring on uh, – I'll, I'll let you get back to work, Roddy, if you want. I've got a couple of people waiting if, if you want to get back. I'll bring on Dane. Yeah, bring, and, the, bring them on. i got to go do TV with 11 Live. Tune into 11 Live. Hey, all right, hey. Roddy. Well, you take care. Okay. Safe travels back. I got you muted, Eddie, so you can do what you got to do over there. Um, what's up, Dane? Hi, friend. How are you? Hey, I'm doing all right, man. Let me bring on Andy, too. We'll just go four box it here. And Andy hey, looks like he just got out of a rat battle against Eminem over here. Looking, Paul, you should, you should know that last week Eddie was trying to get me to take over your spot on your Sunday show. I know like, he was. I, I, know. I, I didn't tell I you. Asked, I asked permission from Paul first. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. No, he yeah. was not trouble in paradise. I know. <laughs> well, there's, a little. there's a little. Yeah. 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 There's always a little. Uh, hey, I may be committing like a uh, parent sin here because I'm showing off the Fiddler bourbon from ASW Distillery, but just for the height, I'm having to use my kids' bluey school bus. Yeah, you've, uh, you've, you've gone off the deep end. I don't know that that's what Bluey anticipated, but it's a great prop right now to help me lift up this great bottle of Fiddler bourbon. Uh, for those so of us that could not watch uh, for whatever reason, you and Coach Donnan today for the Watch Along show, saw you guys were pumping some good numbers out on that. What uh, what's Coach's thoughts on this? Is that you telling me you didn't watch? Is that what you're telling me? I'm gonna I'm keep it uh, eight more than ninety two with you. I did not. not, <laughs> not, not Dude, eight you more got, than ninety two. You got a young kid. I don't expect you to do anything. I was just I, I was I was literally uh, I was a jungle gym today. Is yeah. what I was. Yeah. Um, Fair. So I, I was a jungle gym watching the game. Was all I was. Coach thought it was a, a really good game, especially. You know, the after that first drive, I think there were some nerves of like, oh, this is two straight games that Georgia just gave up a touchdown all the way down the field to a team that has inferior talent. That's not good on its face. If you're looking for something to overreact, it's probably that. But from that point on, Georgia, even not playing its best in some cases, you talk about those four possessions in the middle of the game, Georgia didn't do a whole lot offensively, but it took advantage of all the dumb stuff that Florida did. I know you've talked yeah. about a lot of that. But Florida also did gas Georgia on some of the run fit stuff. Yeah. Uh, had some inside slants across the middle. So not a perfect game for Georgia. But if you can have a not perfect game against your arch rival in Jacksonville and win that way, man, it's a hell of a night to celebrate if you're a Georgia person. Hey, Dane, uh, Foster Moss is – no, do not take that shot yet, Dane. Foster <laughs> Moss, he will, take, he will drink that whole thing if you come on the show. You've never been on the show. You know that the link is in the description. He'll – I'm talking for Dane. He will take that whole dream no, if you come you on don't the speak show. Foster's <laughs> been like in the shadows forever. And like yes. Foster's on all that we do. If, if he tells me to take a shot, like, yeah, it can be 9 a.m. on a Sunday. I'm taking that shot. Well, come on, Foster. You know what, what it is. Andy, uh, we talked about this during the game a little bit. The middle the middle of the game, those, those four drives that Dane was referring to. Yeah. It was weird. It, yeah. Because Georgia scored what in like – those three, those three scores were. Let me see. They scored twenty-one points within like three or four minutes or so. It was some crazy stat. Like they just, and then they just went. I don't know. When Eddie was saying he thought they kind of slowed up, but I don't know. It was weird. Like did did Coach Donna say anything about the ending in the second half? Like what? What? Because it was almost like the time management wasn't great. It was. It was just strange what was going on at the end of the or the middle right at the end of the first half. Not specifically. I mean, I think the result of one play kind of dictates the decision on the next. And so you don't want – like Florida was in this spot, right, where, where Florida didn't want to be too aggressive at the end there, but then he got around the 50-yard line and 
Uh, you just have to make decisions kind of in the moment. One play leads to the next there. So I, I don't think he was overly concerned. Like if, if there's a spot to be conservative is when the scoreboard looks like that. Right. You, just, you don't want to do dumb stuff. You don't want to have you know, a sack fumble. You don't want to have a, a pick. Like, you know, I I think at that point, you know, Georgia has the ball going into the third quarter. You feel pretty darn good if the score sticks like it is. Yeah, that's what I, I really thought they were going to try to push it right there at the end of the second half, score, come out and score at the um, first drive of the third or the second half, and then call it a day. That's kind of what I thought they were going to try to do, the two-for-one deal. But, um, yeah, it just seemed like they – I don't know, it's like they lost a little bit of their momentum for a minute there because what Florida stopped them like at the – we were on like the 45, right? And then we ended up punting. So I wonder – I thought they might even go for that. And, and then Kirby just punted it away. But um, I guess, you you know, you don't want to – you don't want to take a dumb shot and do like Florida did with the weirdest fourth down play I've ever seen in my life. But I'm sure um, it worked yeah. every time in practice. What right? was yeah. uh, what was what was coach's thoughts and your thoughts? I, mean, I keep asking about coach's thoughts. You have thoughts as well, and I, I apologize for not. They're asking not as good you. as his. I understand, but uh, you know I have to at least give you the opportunity. I'm not a college football hall of famer. Is yours, yours as well? Um, what was the thought on that? And because that that first drive for Florida, guys, they looked. They looked unstoppable. Yeah. Like those slants. Yeah, it was too easy. The, the the scripted the first scripted ten plays from Florida looked amazing. After that, the whole thing fell apart very fast and in a hurry. Uh, what was Coach's thoughts on that fourth down? Snap it between. I've, I don't think I've ever seen it get snapped between the quarterback's legs yeah. to the running back right there to a left-handed running back. It, it just was kind of out of sorts for me. What what was y'all thoughts on that? I mean, coach definitely said punt there first. Like that's that's mm. what you do. But when you have plays like that, if they work, you seem like you're a genius. And if they don't, you get what Billy Napier is going to be getting today, tomorrow. I I don't hate it like that much. That in the sense of like, if you're going to beat a Georgia, you're going to need to be able to gain a yard at certain points. I totally understand that everything that had happened to that point says punt it, live another down, extend the game, try to do that stuff later on. Uh, but if you know if you feel really really good about a play, like I, I don't know. I guess I like aggressive coaches. Like I didn't hate on Dan Lanning for doing all the stuff that he did against Washington. Like I'm like, cool, go win this game. Probably should have taken a field goal at the end of that game, and it didn't work out, and they ended up losing. I don't think this was that. Like I, I think if Florida makes that first down, Florida still loses by 20 plus points. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know what? You know what I found amazing, and Jason was talking about how stupid this play was from Napier, and I, I don't know that I agree with that. I think you go for it in that situation. I don't really necessarily like the play call, but two things went against him in that play. One of which, the end of the quarter happened, and if that doesn't happen, Florida can get up to the line real quick and not have that previous play reviewed, right? Yeah. Which caused this whole thing to happen because that 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 play was right on the line, and they called it a first down. And then they it went looked, to the quarter. It, it, can we can it, we talk on that real quick? Real quick. It looked yeah. like a first down on TV. No? Uh, I, I disagree with you. On replay, it did not look like a first down. I thought it was knee shy. went down and the ball, it was shy. It it's was because shy. the ball was now, in the wrong arm. If but, the ball's in the exactly other arm, right. it's first down. Exactly but it wasn't right. as short as they, as they spotted it. I thought they got a bad spot. Right. I, I they did it get short, a bad spot. But I thought it was maybe short by – 10 inches maybe you know i didn't but, think it was but, that but what i'm saying about that if that's not the end of the quarter right florida can come up to the line and run a play and it's over they can't even look at that and they didn't have the opportunity to do that two smile munden played that play beautifully and 
he may have grabbed his face mask a little bit and he got away with it, but he did a great job keeping his hands to where he didn't. Now, if you watch it, he may have grabbed his face mask a little. We got away with one there, but whatever. Smile Munden was all over that play, thank God. And and you know what? That reminded me of, I think it was two years ago, the end of the first half when Kobe Dean made the pick and it was just a, yeah. a, a tidal wave. That's what happened here. It was just a tidal wave after that. Look, Florida won this game when Graham Mertz was the quarterback it selected in the – or Georgia won this game when Florida picked Graham Mertz out the portal. Dude, he, he hasn't looked he terrible. He, look, I, I was I said he's the worst quarterback I, that was in college football. I said he was – but he is like Devin Leary. You know, Devin Leary's terrible. Yeah. And he was supposed to, supposed to be the greatest, you know, the greatest transfer. I think Mertz could be arguably the best transfer quarterback this year. But you have, to be, a, you have to be a really good quarterback to beat Georgia. Mertz is not that. He's fine. He's serving. No, I'm with you. Yeah. You also have to have tackles that can keep guys from coming around the For air sure. and getting to you. And they four, couldn't do four, that. Four sacks. We had four sacks today, right? Yeah. yeah. And Averaging 1.7 on, on the year. Georgia got four sacks. And those four sacks came, I want to say, like in a early. They were in the first half. half. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we recovered a fumble. Did, did Kirby call the dogs off? Because I texted you guys this. To me, it seemed like oh, that man. in the second quarter. He started running the ball. I, 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 y'all are shaking your heads. It just seemed to me like he was running the ball a lot. He he respects Napier. If this was Dan Mullen, I think this game's like 70. But I think I think he started running the ball a lot. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. I think we got out of fours. I think we got, yeah. weird, got weird and then yeah. got back in momentum. Yeah, I think it was it was four drives that didn't work right, and I don't think it was calling off the dogs, Dean. You, uh, I don't think so. Yeah. And like, even if it was Mullen, like he didn't hate Mullen like that. Like, there's only one coach in the league that he would probably do that against if the circumstances. Shane, Shane Beamer. Nobody said anything, I'm just, Andy. I'm, I'm just, anything. I'm just, I'm just throwing out. Hey, screw that guy. He's a clown. I don't care. He, he got. <laughs> Andy will say Antoine, it. Antoine. Mr. Sampson's in the building, guys. Act right. Act right. Mr. Sampson's here. He said yes, uh, three, three different Florida players grabbed Edwards' yeah. face mask for the same play. That was yeah, that crazy. Was, and it turned around. And yeah, I don't know like how this. they did. That was like the Alabama game, right? Yeah, that was I don't awesome. know how they did do that. And the spot, with talking about bad spots, Ladd McConkey, I thought he crawled. Like, when he got the first, or they said it oh, was. Yeah, what was that? I thought he was like a yard or two past the line. I didn't mean I, so I stepped away, and then my friend, this Gator fan, sent me a text. He said, he, "He said the only thing that's worse than Florida today is the referees." He said that was a horrible spot, and that's what I didn't know. I couldn't figure out why Carson's coming up sneaking the ball because I was like, "Lad was yeah. right." They had the they had the the first down on CBS. They had it moved up and everything. Yeah. And then you see mm-hmm. Carson do a tush push, and you're like, "That is a terrible play call for the first to have first and in." And then yeah. they were like. Uh, uh, gained like down. three yards though. It probably would have been the first. He did. Call. It was a great run, but I didn't know what he was doing. I was like, "Why would Bo?" I mean, I love Bobo. But I was like, "Why would Bobo call that play?" You know. And then I was like, oh, "It's third down." So. Yeah, yeah. Paul, that, I want to give was... shout outs to three players that I thought played really good games. All right, you got some helmet stickers out. We don't have a ton of uh, budget here for that, mm-hmm. but you can give three. Normally, we give two. I'll give three. One. And look, I'll t- I'll take you behind the tunnel. I'd like I know what this is about to do on Twitter when I just tweeted this out. But everyone's been asking, what is Georgia going to do without Brock Bowers? What they should have been asking is, how did Georgia do so much without Ladd McConkey? Mm. Right? Like, you know that's about to hit on Twitter. Yeah, that's that's all right. That's all right. You're you're there with uh, EFA. EFA is uh, he's right there with you. Like you post that along with a photo from Catherine Skin of, of McConkey running off the frame because he's that fast. Like, come mm-hmm. on. Uh, McConkie is one of the best players in college football. Period. 
There, there's no caveats. There's no buts. There's no recruiting stars. There's no height. It's he's awesome. He's going to be a great NFL player if he can stay healthy. Uh, tough as nails. Comes from good people up in North Georgia. Like all. I mean, one of my favorite players to ever play at Georgia, just in terms of watching him do things. Yeah. Do, you think, every- do you think it was to this point because he was overlooked and he's not going to be going forward? Seriously. I, don't, I mean, if you've watched anything of Georgia the last year and a half, two years, like he, he's right there in the middle of all of it. Um, why? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying, do you, I don't know. I'm just asking a question. I don't know if he was overlooked, you know. Even in terms of blocking, he's great at it. Like, he's he a great yeah. blocker. Yeah, he really is. So yeah, like he's he's up there. The other two guys, I thought Tate Rattledge played a really good game, um, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. both interior. But then they even like let him pull a couple times, and yeah. uh, you know Tate's been slightly up and down this year, but he, he deserves his flowers today, and probably the whole offensive line. But yeah, Cedric Van Pran looked really good today. He was making he was laying some blocks today. Hey, I'll tell you who looked good: old Monroe Freeling out there when he got yeah. his opportunity, and then also Rosemary Jack Saint on the uh, I think it was Dejon's first touchdown run. He had a killer block out there. Mm-hmm. Fake like he was going in for a pass, everything like yep. that, and then just locked him in to where Dejon was able to just scoot by him on his backside and, and go untouched. So continue, Dane. Sorry to take your – you've got one You're good. more, right? You're good. Like, this is your show. I'm just hanging out, drinking bourbon. Drinking yeah, you've got one more, don't you? Yeah, I do. Um, this is in the he coming category of, like, watch out, he's here. Jalen Walker is edge rusher. Ooh. Jalen Walker with Michael on the other side. Yes. That's that's the best that Georgia has looked when needing to disrupt the passer all year. Yep. And yep. it is required for Georgia to reach its goals this season. Yep. Up to this point, haven't seen a whole lot of that. And I still think there's probably some things lacking on the interior. You saw Jordan Hall back out there with those cats. Hey, and Ingram Dawkins, baby. TID. TID. Great strip. I've been tooting TID's horn. Uh, I'll pause on that, but I've been, you know, tooting TID's horn for a while. Um, and I can't think of anything else. To say. I, I'm a big fan of, of TID. Uh, I think that play that he, he made, did, Paul, he was blocked away from the play and he just reached his hand back in there and got the ball out. That was a fan. He never gave up on the play. That's what I love right, to see. Right. I think you have him out there, Jordan Hall. You have uh, Jalen Walker and Michael rushing from the edge. You put those four out there on, on third down. It looks a whole lot better than it did uh, just a few weeks ago. And even if you project ahead, like program management, roster management standpoint, like I get pretty darn excited thinking about Michael one more year because he'll be pro after next year. Yeah. You get Michael, Jalen Walker to edge next year, and you get CJ Allen behind that. Like that, that starts to, man, you got some dudes that'll just like run through a brick wall. Like, and Raylan Wilson, Raylan Wilson, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, because I, I think both those uh, in, inside linebackers go to the draft. So. And one more year of Starks back there. Like, right, that, right. You just look at the center of the defense, and I guess the edge here is what I'm saying, too. But like, defensive line plus kind of that center with, with Starks. And I, I love CJ Allen. I, I'm like, I know he's figuring it out still, but he's going to play a lot more. And hey, Dane, what uh, was said by Donnan in the watch along show on that first drive? Because it looked like Georgia at times was lost and they were taking bad angles. Uh, just, just, I don't know. It was it just we weren't comfortable in the game quite yet? What was going on there? What did he say about that? Really, whole first quarter, he was just, he was mainly talking about run fits, was the bigger thing. Now, I know some of those were on passing plays early on, but like Tyke Smith and a linebacker not being on the same page of, if, if this ball's going this way, then one of you has to go this way. Typically, 
Let's get like the linebacker scrubbed out and Tyke didn't do the opposite. Tyke followed uh, the linebacker. Like it's yeah. it's stuff like that. And Tyke second half had a couple big plays. So. Hey, Tyke was great. That pass breakup in the second half. Yeah, that was oh, big. Oh man, trailing Although, that guy, that was phenomenal. Visually, visually what Javon Bullard did to that guy. Whew. Whoa. Whew. Whoa. And that was that was that was Javon being sick and tired of those damn slants to Eugene Wilson. He said, "Look, let me stop this real quick. Uh, you you might be able to beat the corners on this, but come across the middle one more time. Uh, your head will be on the field, and your body will Perfect be taken up." Technique hit perfect. That that photo needs to be on the wall of every Milledgeville establishment for the next ten years. Yeah, yeah, like, it was just beautiful. My, our boy, uh, the professor. Brent Rollins says, TID looking like that at that position, game changer. Nice. Brent, Brent I, I know talent when I see it. You know, I, I spotted Eddie. I spotted Andy. <laughs> oh, God. You, you're not good, then. You're no, you're not good at this. <laughs> yeah, Two five-star guys sitting in the sitting there. I, I was able to spot them. Yeah, to be fair, TID has not been healthy, right? Yeah, he has correct. not been healthy. Not yeah. at all. Correct. Yeah. Well, uh, another guy that needs a helmet sticker would be um, Peyton Woodry. I mean, he has – he is stepping his game up. Like, yeah, I mean, he had he missed three in the first three games, and now he's twelve or fifteen. Yeah, he I is. Wanna say, I, I want to, and not to toot my own horn here again. We said uh, freshman impact players. All of you guys got to pick first, and I picked last, and I got Woodring. I'm pretty yeah. sure I picked him. No, I'm pretty sure that was mine, Andy. But we'll, you know, it's all right. I'm not happy to go back to the film on that. But. Should, should we jokingly start saying that we only have two more years of Peyton Woodring to enjoy it? <laughs> hey, who knows? <laughs> Um, Dane, I've asked everybody this and I'll ask it to you as well. Does this game change your mindset for the last four games? I have to include Georgia Tech because that is a game Georgia plays. Does this change your mindset in a good way? Uh, does your mindset say the same? Or I guess it could, it could change in a bad way here, but I, I don't see how. Well, where are you standing here with these last four? Because this, this schedule now, Dane, has gone from oh, Georgia's playing you know soft cupcakes to now oh man. Number 16, number 12, number 21, uh, not so soft anymore. I'll, I'll zag on you, and this is not just to be contrarian. I, this is actually what I think. Um, I think I think next week just got harder. And how so? Because if Georgia would have had to do with the come-from-behind win in Jacksonville, like I promise you the focus would have been there for Missouri. If Georgia has even the slightest bit of letdown against Missouri, it can lose. Missouri is the toughest game left on this regular season schedule. And I don't think it's very close. I, I don't I don't see anything in Tennessee's really Tennessee's offense that can scare Georgia for four quarters. Ole Miss, Georgia's gonna be able to score on that. Missouri has the ability to potentially stop Georgia's running game. If you stop Georgia's running game, passing gets infinitely harder. And Missouri doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot. And so I think I mean I Look, I think if Georgia wins next week, it's in the college football playoff. Okay, but with you saying that, don't you think Kirby is saying that? And don't you like I, I don't think Georgia's gonna overlook Missouri. I think I think they know that's the toughest game on the schedule. Well, yeah. I I don't know what the, I mean, they wouldn't say any of that publicly, but oh, your course. first telltale sign is gonna be I'm assuming Monday Kirby's gonna head into that news conference and he's gonna do some kind of challenge to his fans to be in that stadium three hours oh, early yeah. to be louder oh, yeah. enough. Like no that, if, if he does all of that, knowing that Ole Miss is still down the pike, and maybe he does it twice, but like uh look next week is essentially the SEC championship semifinals back to back on CBS. 
So wait, let me push back on you. So you're saying if today was a dog fight and Georgia had to like kick an extra point or uh, excuse me, a field goal to win this game, they're more focused next week against Missouri. Is that what you're saying, Dane? I mean, would you say that Georgia had focus against Vandy to play its best after the Kentucky domination? Because I don't think so. Yeah, like but college football has the ebbs and flows. It's that's Vandy. Vanderbilt. That's Vanderbilt. That that I just throw that game out. I mean, that was just all of it was just such a joke. I mean, we're that at was home. an eleven o'clock start at, in Vandy in, in, in a parking lot, basically. I mean, that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, that was. I bad. mean, tell tell me two back to back weeks that Georgia played its A game. We haven't had yeah. to see it yet, though. I don't think. Have we? I, I, I get what, what, what Dane's saying. I, I'm with him because when Georgia doesn't think a team can play with them, they don't come out. But I think they're going to be focused. And the good thing is the Missouri fans, they're chirping. And Georgia hears that stuff. And that's what the Florida fans, they started to chirp a little bit. And and same with Kentucky. How the Florida players started to chirp. They said they, they, had, to, they had to come and play. That was That was hysterical. That guy got that penalty. Yeah. And then they threw this quote about how Georgia 24-0, and then they have to come play us right after his penalties walking off the field. That was excellent by CBS at at trolling there. That was a great troll. And, look, I'm not trying to overhype Missouri too much. Georgia's way more talented than Missouri. Georgia should win that game. It should probably win by double digits. I'll be curious to see what the line is, but I'll tell you the best offensive player on the field is going to be on Missouri's team. It's Luther Burden. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you quarterback, if you look at stats, at least they're about the same. Yeah. Like Brady Cook has been very efficient this year and he's not turning the ball over. He's I'll not running. They're they're gonna focus in on burden. You know, the one that scares me is Weiss, because they're gonna focus in on burden. Weiss is a beast. That kid can play ball too. Well, last year when we played Missouri, I was like, man, Luther Burden's the guy. But I was like, this is Dominic Lovett guy's the best one on the field today. I mean, I think it was because we were focused with on um, Luther Burden. So. Well, Burton's been much better this year than last year. The only thing that completely obliterates anything I'm saying is if Georgia's kind of had Missouri circled of like not two years in a row where we're going to be dealing with with what happened last year. Right, right. Uh, Jordan C. says, how can I get in the waiting room for the live chat? Anybody that wants to get in the waiting room for the live chat, if you're on YouTube or Facebook, you can go into the description and hit the link there, uh, and it'll bring you into the the back room here, and we'll we'll let you in. yeah, no, Missouri. Missouri's a good-looking team, but I don't. I don't think they're going to overlook them. Curious. Uh, you brought up a good point here. Curious on the spread on this game. I'm uh, looking at it, and it looks like you can get it at 15 and a half as Georgia. Ooh. Are you that, serious? That's what, that's what I'm looking at right here. If you, it's a wow. bet now. Give me that right now. Give me that right now. 15 and a half is is steep. I mean, I'll go ahead and tell you, if it's 15 and a half, I'm not picking Georgia to cover that. That's what I mean. Give me Missouri all day long. You damn right, Dane. That's a sucker bet. This is from DraftKings. It says 14 and a half. Georgia's the favorite. Holy crap. I mean, that's what they say. Missouri and Florida are the same team. And I'm like, no, Missouri's significantly better than Florida. I would say 10. 10 and a half. We're going to be in Athens, though. So that will be a three point ad. But no, I would 10. I think think 10 is the Mm -hmm. the best spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Missouri has a good defensive line. Like, hmm. hey, James Caraway, big JC. uh, Shout out to him. He was on the show earlier. Shout out to his little (laughs) daughter, too. Says, uh, Missouri 78th and third down defense and 63rd in third down offense. I think Dan and the boys talking about them like prime Bama. 
I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you have a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over a lot. You have a good receiver. You have maybe one of the best kickers in the country. Like they have a lot of elements there that you look for when there are potential upsets. And I don't see Ole Miss or Tennessee having either of those. And I sure as hell don't see Georgia Tech having that. So when you're asking me what's Georgia's toughest thing over the next month, it's next Saturday at 3.30. And Dane, last year's game weighs into any of this. Potentially. I mean, there's definitely like reasons that, I mean, no. Paul says no, you know but Paul like, says no. Yeah. man, year over year, these dudes are like, man, like last year, what happened? Can't let that happen again. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Going forward, these rosters do change enough that like maybe people don't actually. Right. Play. That's, that's kind of yeah. where I'm at. Like it's yeah. the roster changed so fast. That's and, um, ben McCullough says first time getting to watch live. Thanks for always being on and appreciate the podcast. Great game. And uh, he said a little explicit there. So uh, we'll keep that. He said HBTFD. You can make that for that. How about those football dogs? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anthony, he'll tell us what it means. Yeah. 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 And you missed wig. it, Dane. You're, you're going to have to go back and watch it. Uh, Anthony came on with a wig and uh, made fun of me. So uh, it was it was pretty good. Are you doing Halloween with your little dude? Yeah. I think I think so. Um, I don't know. I, I'm sure so we are. Decision is what I just heard. No, I, I no, I don't make the decisions. Eddie knows that. I don't make decisions in this house. He gave me hell about last week. I, I know where your I know where your balls sit, Paul. Yeah, I know where they yeah, they're on the shelf. They're on the, the shelf. Mantle. The mantle. Yeah. In yeah, the living room. Okay. We're going to be the Bluey family. I have a hoodie that says Bandit, and it looks like the dad from Bluey. Pretty excited. Yeah, I think, we're gonna, I think from, from everything I've gathered, we're going to be um, like cholos. You know, like uh, button the top button, have the shirt hanging out with the white undershirt, some long dickies. We're gonna be some cholos, so uh, that's that's what we're going for. You know, something fun. Forty. Back to the topic at hand, though, gentlemen. Uh, enough about my personal life. Forty-three to twenty, the Georgia Bulldogs roll. If you're just now joining us, we haven't so much overreacted a ton. Eddie did a little bit on Carson Beck's downfield passing, which is warranted, I believe. Oh, you want to overreaction? Yeah. I can give you yeah. one. Let's hear it, Dane. Oh. Paul gave me a look of like, oh, I don't know if I want this. Uh, because the last time you did this, Dane. Oh, really... no, I'm not. No. Look, you see, look at that. We're good. Dane, you caught a lot. I'm talking about a lot of flack. And, uh, and supposedly, supposedly Ben Ben Choppy Bachman messaged me. He said he's going to be on in 20 minutes. I think that was 30 minutes ago. That was 42 20 minutes ago. Minutes. I'll be on 20 minutes or so. That was at 735. Mm. So uh, <laughs> I hope he's okay. You know, you can't – there's one thing that you can do with, with Ben Choppy Bachman that's not rely on him to show up. Uh, so, but go ahead, Dane. What's uh, What are you overreacting to? If there's something negative to be brought from the Georgia kind of struggled running in the red zone. They did. Mm. And so if you're, like, trying to project ahead and be like, how do we fix some things here when you don't have a Bowers and help blocking, but then also as a red zone target, a red zone offense gets a little bit harder. And Georgia did it well sometimes, but it did it poorly sometimes too. And if you have, and it did this against Florida today, you have possessions that should be seven that turn into three. That's a way to lose games you shouldn't lose. Uh, Omari, big uh, part of the family here on UJ Sports, says JDJ will not start by the end of the season. I thought he played well today. I thought, yeah, too. He had a couple. He had a couple bad plays, but overall, he played very well. I thought, and yeah, to, to 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 bounce off of that. A few weeks ago, I don't remember what game it was now. I'm sorry, but we were talking about how we couldn't set the edge. I think Georgia set the edge extremely well today, extremely well. So those days are over. Yeah, the the JDJ, uh, I I could have gotten on this train maybe four games ago, uh, yeah. but 
I think he's really stepped up. He's actually uh, maybe potentially might get a, uh, a helmet sticker for me. Depends on how much is in the budget. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he played really well today. Oh, did, did I pull three from the budget that weren't there? I'm sorry. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have yeah. much. We don't have much. We have Andy and Eddie here. Normally it's just Roddy and I. So, um, you know, there's not a lot there. Uh, I, gave one, I gave one to Woodring, so that's mine. So, Oh, you're only taking one. Hell yeah. yeah Hell that's yeah. good. Yeah, Tickers right. are people too, man. Yeah. So that's I give, one to, I give one to Paul Meharry for being the man and running the show and being a good point man. How about that? Hey, Eddie, come on now. Just like Dog85 says, DGD. He's not talking about me, but that's fine. Well, um, I am. I know. I appreciate that, EFA. Appreciate that a lot. I will say one of mine, and I think this guy – so I, I made these rules up as, as we went along. Um, if you got three games uh, with the helmet sticker, you get the golden bone. And so you're, you're not eligible to get the helmet sticker anymore. You just get it, you know, you get one every, right. You, 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 you're constantly getting one. We're giving you the golden one. So Bowers guy, is that right. Bowers has gotten it. Um, I want to say lad is there as well. Maybe not yeah. lifetime uh, achievement for sure. He would have had it yeah. last year. Yeah. But, but Carson got it. He's already got his golden bone and this guy already has his, but I have to shout him out. Tyke Smith. Uh, talk about a guy who, you know, for a while there, once he transferred to Georgia, he was he was my favorite transfer Georgia's gotten in some time. I loved his film. Brent Rollins, huge West Virginia guy. We both were like, man, this guy's going to be something at Georgia. Two years go by, and it's injuries. He can't get on the field. It's like, man, this guy was a freshman All-American at West Virginia, an All-American at sophomore year, and this guy cannot, cannot play on the field. He is showing up in a big way, was second on the team in tackles with six, uh, tackle for loss, a pass breakup, uh, just overall, Tyke Smith, man. I can't say enough about that guy. And he, he's he's really stepped up in a position to where you can have Bullard take that other safety spot and it doesn't you know downgrade your defense at all, which I thought was going to be kind of scary coming in with having to rely on Tyke there. Even though I'm a huge Tyke backer, uh, he's done a great job in that secondary. Besides little CB2, maybe could use some work. Uh but cornerback one and the safeties look great. And I'd argue that Tyke may be – oh, never mind. Super chat. Let me step hey, away. Hey, Mr. Sampson, he says, for the budget, gave us $9.99. See, that's what we need right there. We've got a full budget tonight, gentlemen, for the helmet stickers. So go ahead and uh, – Splurge. You know, we can splurge Literally. tonight, gentlemen. We, we can splurge. We appreciate that, uh, Antoine. We appreciate that, man. I'd argue, Paul, that Tyke Smith is one of the more pivotal players on the team because I when Georgia so. does things super well, like Tyke is there doing his job, maybe getting interceptions, and when yeah. things don't go well, it's usually Tyke going in the wrong direction. And, I wish y'all could be at practice and hear Kirby. He rides Tyke Smith more than any other player. When I mean, he is on the on the PA system out there. He is yelling. I mean, he yells at Tyke every day more than anyone. I, we're, we almost think he hates him because he yells at that guy so much. I mean, he's cussing every other word at Tyke. It's crazy how much he rides him. But I think that's because that? he knows that opposing you know, yeah. offensive coordinators oh, are probably targeting Tyke. Like, yeah. it's not uncommon to target a nickel player. Right. If they were – you know, super great in one-on-one coverage are probably going to be a corner. Yeah. Y'all remember that play in the national championship against Alabama when Christopher Smith trailed that guy running that slant and he came in and knocked the ball away. Do y'all remember that play? That's what, that's what Tyke looked like tonight, trailing that guy and running yeah. that slant and knocking his hand in there. I mean, that's exact. And I, I think he learned that from Christopher Smith. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. Now, my question is, is he okay? Cause he got hurt at the end there and he was kind of, 
mess with yeah. his head? Did he get a concussion? I don't know. Maybe he got the wind knocked out of him. I hope, but I don't know. Did he did he come back in? I want to say he did. I, I he, yeah, I thought he I don't think in. he did. Did he not? He did. I thought I he thought did. I thought I he did. I'm not I, sure. I had that experience good. a couple times tonight because like there was a good period that Oscar Delp didn't play. And I was like, oh no, can't have an injury there. But then he came back and, and he played fine. So I guess they okay. just wanted loss. Also, they took they took Truss out and put Freeling in. And I was like, oh, yeah. is Truss hurt? But he wasn't. He came back in. So okay. um here's a question for you guys from uh Drew Holloman. He says, any chance we still That's haven't seen question. Georgia's best? Absolutely. One hundred percent Yeah. Was was this their was this a we were talking about A games? This is like their B game to me. I still think there's so much left out there on the field. I don't think I mean you think about it. If that mm. kid there's two passes, we would have won this game 60 to like 13 or something. I think I think this was a B game. I still think we got a long way to go. Best yeah, game so far, I think it's been Kentucky. It has yeah, if you go if you go back to last year, guys, if you think about it, we saw Georgia's best game against Oregon and then against TCU. And I I I don't know, maybe you're right, Dane, Kentucky. I don't know that that was their A game. Maybe it was I don't know. I don't know if it was yet or I, I don't know that it was. I think it might have been an A minus game. game. Yeah, I don't think it was I think, they, I think they still have their A game in front of them. I really do. Okay, question. okay. Here's here's playing devil's advocate. Where can they get better? Where, where can this team get better as a whole to make you think they have a better game than 43-20 in Jacksonville? Connecting on the deep ball. Okay. Matt. Explosive passing, breaking tackles in the run game that turn into big chunk plays. Um, wide receiver blocking still has some things. On, on the defense, it's going to be run fits. And then also, like, man, I, I'm still worried about this team with pass interference penalties down the field. You saw in Florida – was kind of getting in desperation mode. They started throwing yeah. up little fade routes on the sideline. Georgia didn't get some PIs, but Florida sure yeah. was asking for it. Yeah. And so yeah. at some point, Georgia's going to get called on one of those. It's not going to be at the greatest time. Carl Thomas says defense and red zone. I could see that. The red zone, it could use some help. I thought uh, the um, running, the offensive line, their running block, run blocking was a lot better today than it's been all year. Mm-hmm. I thought this was the best that run blocking looked. Yeah, if you if you go off PFF, which some people hate, it's a good measuring stick, right? Um, overall, because I mean they they do grade these plays. Uh, the run defense, or excuse me, rush offense for the offensive line has been terrible. Pass yeah. blocking has been excellent, excellent, yeah, phenomenal. I'm curious to see uh, what it's going to look like after this. Uh, Antoine says Jonell had the block, right? He did, he did. That was that was that amazing, was awesome. yeah. And you know. The TBS, for whatever reason, I wanted to make this clear on the show too. That ball bounced out before Jalen Walker had a chance to get it. But CBS was playing it up like, yeah. But CBS was playing it up like Jalen Walker just like kicked it out himself, and it was like, hold on, was clearly on the light. I mean, I don't know what they ball went out prior too. Why are you guys showing this? But all right, whatever. Paul, you you have the golden ball and you have the helmet sticker. Do we have anything that's just shy of a helmet sticker? Because I have someone that I'd like to shout out, but they're not quite a helmet sticker. Um, like they may just they may be just a pat on the fan. Good enough pat on the back. Yeah, Yeah. thigh sticker. You stick it on their thigh. Is that what you do? This this is just going to be a pat on the fanny off the field. Yeah, yeah, a pat, a good old pat on the back here. Who who are you giving that to? Jackson Meeks, because I like on on the punt block. He was like right there in there trying to make that happen. Got through as well. Aguero got the block. But the other thing, late in the game, Georgia as it's had a some red zone things. I'm not trying to sit here and say Georgia couldn't score in the red zone because it did. But when Georgia needed 
just what a yard or two down there at the goal line. They put Jackson Meeks in there Even. to get a down block interior side, and uh, it worked out. It was great, and and Georgia got the touchdown there. And they they yeah. went right behind Tate Ratledge, but like it was Jackson Meeks in there as well. And he never gets the shine. He doesn't get to play a whole lot at receiver, but he's just a really good football player. And you need those guys. Uh, like he's he's a bit of a version of like a Tay Crowder. I mean, he doesn't play all the time, but like just ends up making plays. Like. I don't know. I, I like, I like him a lot. It helped that I covered him in high school too. But just no, I, I like that. That's a that's a good call because he also does the uh I think he does like the players lounge or something, some podcast. Oh well, then always, screw that. If he's not on our podcast, then screw that. <laughs> no, he, he's always so positive about the dogs and he doesn't get in there, he doesn't catch passes very often, but he's in there blocking. Uh, shout out to Jackson Meeks, man, because uh like you said, you need some guys on your team that are unselfish like that. And you know, not everybody's gonna be a superstar. It is what it is, man. I'm sure when he came out of came out of high school, he was like, I'm a four-star wide receiver. I'm going to Georgia. I'm about to be the next AJ Green. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. But when your number gets called, like on the punt block there, and you help out with that punt block, uh, you know, it, it, those things can can help. It's like me uh, and you at UGA Sports. Like we're all not riding. Right? That's fine. Right. Right. Hey, Drew Holloman gave a $10 super sticker. Thank you. Man. Yeah. So uh, we appreciate that. That was oh, a giving a helmet sticker. That was a uh, hell of a question you gave us, Drew, was uh, if, if George has played their A game yet. Shout out, Drew. Thank you, man. Man, that's a tough – that's really a tough question because I think they might. I think they – I really think that they might um, have already played their A game. You but- think? You think they've played the best game they can play? Paul, if George has played its A game right now, then it's going to lose a game down the stretch in the regular season is what I'm telling I you. I didn't say it. You did. I didn't say it. You I, did. I am saying that. I but like, I, I'm also sitting here telling you I think next week's going to be hard as hell for Georgia. Yeah, I, I mean, the, but the thing is, like, you see that first drive, Georgia's getting gashed. They are. Like, it, there's no question about it. Florida had their number. They went away from it for whatever reason, right, because they got behind. They weren't even behind. Georgia kicked a field goal. They could have continued their 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 play as they were, but Billy Napier, you know, Sunbelt Billy just couldn't keep up with it. And, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, and – I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think it's – I think we've seen George's best. I don't know if it's all combined from one game, but we've <laughs> seen their best at each at each thing. And I don't know if this team's going to be just any much better than what we saw today or what we saw against Kentucky. Now, there might be flashes of the run game getting better, but then maybe the passing falls off a little bit when that happens. I think we're asking for – what you guys are asking for is the, the, the game against TCU, 65 points. Seven, you gave up seven. I don't think this team has that in them. Not to say, not to say, Dane, because I know you're about to say something, not to say this team can't win a championship with how they're playing because the the parity in college football this year. But this team is not going to put up a 65-point performance and only hold somebody to seven points. It's just I don't see it happening. Again, not to say it's not a good thing, but, you know, not to say they can't do much, but there, there it is. Uh, Drew Holloman says, first time listening, appreciate the 360 perspective. We appreciate you. Drew, uh, tell Sam- us where you're from. I want to shout out where you're from, too. Yeah, where are you from, Drew? Let us know. Uh, Jackson Meeks is on his podcast with Player Lounge. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. Uh, Greg Watts says, just wait. Hey, I will, man, and I, I will be 100% wrong. But show me show me a game and show show it to me in facts uh, that there's a there's going to be a better game this year. The, and speaking the, other, of- the, the other point to make with that, Paul, is which college football teams have had dominant performances this year? Like, there's not a whole lot out there, you know? And so, like, maybe Oregon today against Utah, because I think Utah's a solid team. 
Yeah. Oh, Drew's in Columbus. No wonder I like him. I lived there yeah. for like five years. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Maybe. Let's see. Chris, Chris Garcy. What's up, Chris? He says, but an A game, maybe not be a 60-point score. Very sure. True. Very true. Very true there. I'll tell you what is a 60-point score, though. This guy is the top of the top. Nothing better. Oh, wow. Bars. A compliment. A compliment, Paul. And, and you come on here and you look great, but your TV is on the background. And so that's just rookie. No, that's rookie. You, wait, you, that's rookie. Oh, you can hear that. Yeah, we can hear that. Yeah. I mean, we're trying to run a professional. You, you can hear that in the background. I heard. Oh, it. I, I heard when you when you came on. I could. I could. We're trying to run a professional podcast here, a professional YouTube show, and you come in here and you got you got the show player. I, I give you a compliment, and then you do that. And we're the most popular Georgia Bulldogs YouTube channel out there. Like you think this is some amateur hour? Right. This is an amateur hour. Ben, this get is, it together. This is the big. This is the big leagues. I mean, you know, how, how was your day, Ben? Overall, pretty solid. I, I was. At, I just got home from game night. I'm a winner. That's what I do. I win. That's what Georgia did today. They won. So. Hmm. Um, I'll, I'll your internet connection is not winning. Before you I'll guys, that. before I came on, just wait. It'll, it'll be fine. Um, I, I will say that. Um, <laughs> right out the gate, you said that you don't think George is going to be able to get better. This is. Gonna I, be I don't know about that. Now, I will say. Wait, so you can't hear me? I mean, it's it, just you keep pause going. In like every fifteen seconds. Yeah, just keep going. Just keep going. Oh, it can't everything. get any worse. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, well, I look at the schedule coming up, and I, I personally do not fear if I was Georgia actually at Tennessee. I think they're tough next two weeks, which is kind of shocking to me because we entered the year saying at Tennessee. And this year, Georgia, to me, it's just a weird team um, when it comes to offense, defense, like week to week. I thought today the defense outshined the offense. And coming into the last couple of weeks, like I thought against Vanderbilt and other games that the, it was this Georgia team was becoming an offensive team for once because the rush defense wasn't there. And it just seemed very odd where this year you see teams like Ohio state who go um, from being a very offensive juggernaut to being a defensive team this year, Tennessee, the other way, Tennessee's more of a defensive team this year. So it's really unique when you look at it and coming up, Georgia's got to play in some shootouts potentially because Missouri has Luther burden and Brady Cook, I know like he's had like a game or two this year where he turned over the ball. Traditionally, he hasn't turned over the football. Or even if he's not an all-world guy, he's not going to lose you the game, and he's got a guy like Luther Burden that you haven't played at receiver all year. Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, you might blow him out, but he also, if Ole Miss is dialed in early, like that's the, that's the thing with Georgia. Where's the first quarter dominance on the defensive side of the ball? Because if they start out the first quarter and their defense is clamps, you're not going to beat Georgia. But if you play a team like Ole Miss who gets it going early, that's an offense that you don't just stop. You, you don't just stop an offense like that. You know, if they score 14, 21 in the first quarter, you're not going to slow that down. So that's the game to me. I, I don't know about you, Dane, but to me, I actually think Missouri would be a little bit of a worry. But the Ole Miss game, just because of the way that offense plays, I know Lane Kiffin hasn't got a big win on the road or outside of the LSU, this game really a, a signature win in his career. But that's the type of offense that if it gets going on a Kirby Smart defense, it can win. A team that's heavy on the run, Georgia's run defense isn't like it is in years past. But you need a complementary passing game to be able to go with it. You either need a quarterback who's mobile or you need a complementary pass game, in my opinion, to beat Georgia. Because if you're just a run first team, you're not going to beat them straight up with the running back. So I look at these next 
couple matchups and think they're teams that can air it out. And I think they have enough of a run game that, that worry me. Tennessee would not worry me if I'm Georgia, obviously Georgia tech one, but these next two weeks to me are crucial because they're the two toughest games on this slate. They're better teams than Florida. They're better teams than Kentucky. Do you know who leads the sec in rushing yards? Is it Georgia? No, I'm saying individual player. <laughs> Ray Is it Schrader? Is it Schrader? Cody Schrader, Missouri. Do you know who's second in passing yards? Brady, Brady Cook? Cook. Brady Cook. Where's Jackson Dart on there? Not in the top five. Mm. Who's not? That's, behind, that's behind Graham Mertz. He's number six. That's interesting. That's what I'm saying. Like, Missouri's the matchup to me. Like, I think Georgia will be able to score all day long on Ole Miss. And even if it turns into a shootout, I can see Georgia winning that, you know, 54 to, to 20 or something, or 54 to 35. Like, I just, especially at home and Ole Miss's track record on the road. Like, I thought Ole Miss should have lost to Tulane, frankly. And Tulane's a good team. I'm not saying that in jest. They had pushed hey, around I, up front. They did hey, get pushed I, around up front a bit. I trust Indy Clip. He's uh, he's been a part of the show for a while. He said FanDuel just came out with UGA minus 20 and a half line from Missouri. If they cover that poll, you have to say that's George's best performance. I'll, sh- I, dude, I will shave my hair into a mohawk if they cover that. That is crazy. You don't have much hair to shave into a mohawk, but hey, let's calm down, okay? If Georgia covers that, it's you, winning you don't a national have much championship. Hair to shave into a mohawk. I give Roddy a better chance. <laughs> if Georgia covers that spread, it's winning the national championship. Period. I mean, he's just throwing stray bullets out here. Roddy uh, is is this young man been choppy Bachman now because you know he he. Uh, was the first one to predict Asa Newell to Georgia. You know, he's, he's got a little big in the britches now, you know. So, uh, congrats on that, Ben, by the way. Congrats. We'll worry about that tomorrow, Paul. If, if you let me on, just like the previous weeks where you just refuse. You, you never show up You never show up uh, in the waiting room. It's weird. Can't can't let anybody on if they don't want to be on. I'm just saying. All, all, the, all these media guys from other stations, so you can't put your own coworkers <laughs> on. Such a disgrace. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Roddy, you uh, – You've been listening in on this? Your mic's cut off, by the way. Is that any better? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, there he is. I don't even know how I did that. I, I was listening to uh, y'all making fun of people without hair, or cutting your hair into mohawks, and then I uh, come on. I'm like, man, that's bad timing. <laughs> uh, so I just got back with Reggie Chapman. We were uh, filming some stuff for Love and Alive. Uh, Reggie's the man. He is. And one of the questions he had was talking about, oh, well, what about these next two games coming up, you know? Uh, and I, I thought of something that uh, George has been away from home for a while. We had all those home games. It was just great. What was it? Four in a row, something like that. Mm-hmm. How, how many? It was a ton. It was a lot. It was a lot. Let me see. Yeah. I think it was four. I think the first four. four of the were. first five, at least. Yeah. Four of the yeah. first five, five, uh, right. five of the last five of the first six. But then, mm-hmm. you know, you, you go to Vandy, then you have off week, go to Florida. So basically we have a month before they're back in Athens. And, Missouri's better team, top to bottom, front to back, soup to nuts than Florida is. No question in my mind. But you get them at home, and the crowd's going to be worth at least one per you know, one uh, illegal procedure call. You know, one offsides call. You're getting them at home. Kirby Smart has made it so that the uh, Georgia fan base, you know, Texas A&M can talk about the twelfth man all they want, but Georgia didn't know how to cheer before Kirby Smart got here, and I don't mean that in a silly way. I'm just it's. I remember we would have long knockdown drag out fights on the dog vent. The, the older folks in here will remember this between the people that would stand up for the whole game and the people that wanted to sit and wanted you to sit down in front of them. And they were, the people that were sitting were called the wine and cheese crowd. 
And the people who were staying, you know, they were always talking about the rude people in front of them. I didn't, I'm, you know, 75 years old. I can't stand for four hours. And a lot of times they would cheer when something good happened, you know, and right. they get loud on third down. But Kirby's like, no, I need you to come in. Go back to that Arkansas game, that noon game when Arkansas came in undefeated. And they're like, I need you to be here early. And they showed up early for game day. And you walked in and that pay, place was, it felt like LSU. It felt like uh, Neyland Stadium. And it's just sideways from the get-go. And then all of a sudden, the team has three or four uh, illegal procedure calls in a row, you know, or at least in the, in the first quarter. Playing in Sanford Stadium now is tough. It, it, it can be a nightmare. You get in front of that student section, and it's just absolutely miserable. And he has them getting teams jumping off sides. He has, you know, uh, ma he makes it so that your offense is uh, screwed up. You know, you, you have to be perfect. So getting Missouri at home is just a huge, huge asset for Georgia, a huge advantage. And I think the biggest question we had was, what will Georgia look like without Brock Bowers? Because he saved your butts at Auburn. You know, whenever you needed to play, you could go to 19. And what can you do when you don't have that? Well, when you need to play, you can go to 84. Mm -hmm. he, I mean, even at Auburn, when his first game back, he's three first downs on third down, you know, three third down conversions. Uh, last week against Vandy, he was there. Today, he had those sl slammed on the brakes, takes it in. Uh, he's going inside, then he goes back outside, scores a touchdown, you know. And again, we saw that first drive where Georgia gets down first and goal from the five. They can't punch it in. Well, he's like, well, we're not going to worry about red zone. I'm going to score from outside the red zone. I'm just going to take it in for what, a 30, 40 yard touchdown. Uh, having him available is uh, uh, knowing that he's there. And if you want to double him up, well, we'll go to Ra Ra or Dominic Lovett. And uh, can we still throw to a tight end? Yes. Look at, we got a kid, guy kid doing one handed catch and uh, that catch down the sideline, I thought, from Oscar Delp was fantastic. And I think Paul might have actually come to a camp where we had uh, Oscar Delp there. And he ran – we didn't have a lot of tight ends in that thing, and we ran his legs off. Is there a story here because Paul just rubbed his face? No, Paul he just, occasionally – he occasionally comes to our rivals camp. Uh, sometimes. So it's just that Paul did a little work? Yeah, that's what – yeah. He, he oh, does okay, okay. work. But uh, – and then Pierce Berlin, same thing. You know, like the following year, uh, we had Pierce at a camp, and uh, we, we put those guys through the ringer, and they caught everything. And I think both of them won the MVP award for wide receivers. So they were there as there as tight ends, but so those guys can catch. And I thought that Lawson Lucky he got in. There was an inside zone uh, run. He picked up the most dangerous man on the outside. Got rid of that uh, um, play side. Set that play side block. Uh, it's beautiful. Georgia picks up a third down conversion there. In other words, all the questions that you had without Brock Bowers in the game. What what will Georgia look like without him? Well, your offense is still going to function really well. And your defense is going to play complimentary football. Hey, offense, I know you're without Brock. Let's get you the ball on the 35. Let's get you the ball on the 25. Why don't you just punch it in from there? We'll, we'll try to make your job a little bit easier on you. And so I thought it was, you know, Kirby talks about complimentary football from the special teams, offense, defense, hell, the band, the crowd. You get all those working together. And, yeah, I can see a not maybe a 20-point spread, but Georgia should be heavily favored in this Missouri game. I'm about to slot out, Paul, but I want to remind people of uh, two things real fast. One, uh, ASW Distillery, support them. The uh, Hunker Vodka, if that's not at your tailgate, and other vodka is, and you're probably supporting another college. So, mm. you know, if you have Tito's at your tailgate, you're pretty much saying, go Longhorns, soon to be in the SEC. So, Hunker Vodka. The other thing, 
Georgia fans, savor what's happening and what has happened in the last couple of years because it can be fleeting. And evidence, Clemson is now four and four this season, two and four in the in the ACC. They lose again. They lost again to NC State. NC State. Yeah. Clemson is seven and seven in its last fourteen games. Did you see USC almost lost to Cal? They yeah. won by a point because Cal didn't kick I the extra. I point. saw 29-28. Yeah. So like, what Georgia is doing is not going to last forever. Kirby's even said that like Georgia will lose a game at some point. Like this is it's football. It happens. So like, don't let these games where you blow out Florida in a rivalry game, and even if it's not Georgia's A game, it was never very close. Like. Very much enjoy these nights because uh, they they are fleeting, and at some point someone else will be on top. But right now it's Georgia, and for the foreseeable future, it looks like it's going to be Georgia, and we'll see how long that lasts. But at some point it, it's going to stop happening. And uh, man, it's it's a fun ride to follow this team trying to recreate what it's done for two years. Georgia's now set a school record with twenty its twenty fourth consecutive regular season SEC victory, dating to the thirty one twenty four win over Ole Miss, or excuse me, Mississippi State in twenty twenty. Twenty four games in the SEC and during the regular season wins twenty four. I mean, you're into like Alabama dynasty territory, USC in the mid two thousands, Miami at the turn of the century. You're in those conversations Uh, right now. And Dan, you know, this is the first time Georgia's ever won three consecutive games against Florida by winning by 20 or more points. First time ever. And the, however many times he played the game. That's, that's impressive to me. Man, I can tell you in my childhood, I never thought Georgia could beat Florida. It It didn't seem possible. Florida was better every year. What's going to feel like on that first try? Yeah, first drive. What the hell is going on? And you know, I I would not give my prediction when I wrote my column this week because I'm just like, as you know, I feel this place is haunted, and I just I expect stupid things to happen in this Georgia Florida game. And when they drove the length of the field on that first drive, and then we're moving the ball the second drive, I'm like, I told you, sons of bitches. (laughs) But. to be fair, uh, Tom Whittemore, my buddy who was standing beside me, goes, I've learned not to overreact on the first Florida touchdown. And uh, <laughs> truer words were not spoken the entire night because then uh, Georgia just shut him down. And I thought that uh, Tyrion Ty- Ingram Dawkins had a huge night. Jonel Aguero had a new but Javon Bullard was everywhere. You know, Tyke Smith stopped one drive on his own, you know, with a uh, tackle and then a pass breakup, you know. Uh, People were complaining about Dumas Johnson. You know, you can't do this, you can't do that. Then he gets a sack, and then he gets a quarterback pressure. And they're like, oh, what about Chaz Chambliss? Chaz gets a, a huge tackle on the edge. So, I mean, again, complimentary football. You can point to everybody on that front. Everybody did something. Everybody did on both sides of the ball. Uh, Cedric Van Pran takes the six foot six, 360-pound offensive tackle, I mean, a nose guard, playing zero technique, helmet to helmet. Drove his big ass into the end zone, and uh, Kendall Milton comes in right behind him for the touchdown on the goal line, which you wish, like, hey, why didn't you call that play on that first drive? Uh, Xavier Trust kills a man, sets the edge. Um, so, again, we can talk about the fact that you're going to play some really good teams, but Georgia is capable. It was the, the Kentucky game wasn't a fluke. They've done in the two best games, two biggest games. They're capable of just still kicking your butt, even without a Brock Power. And they're only going to get better. Marius Mims is coming back. Brock, Brock Bowers. Bowers. Hey, follow us on TikTok. We got the great video of him walking, you know, Kirby Smart celebrating. He's walking in. 
no crutches, no uh, no real big boot. He's got barely, uh, barely a limp. That's a guy you could see being back in two, three weeks. So instead of maybe the end of the season, uh, you're, you're only going to get. Well, I say I don't say you're only going to get healthier, but you have the potential to add the best offensive tackle in the conference and the best tight end before it's all said and done. I'm gonna slide out, guys. Y'all enjoy. See you, Dane. And uh, great transition there because Roddy, you've you've showed up at the perfect time. We've gotten two big donations uh, on this show already. One from Mr. Sampson for the budget oh, for the nice. helmet, for the helmet stickers, and uh, from Drew as well. So, wow! Yeah, thanks, Roddy, Drew. You're, thanks, everyone. You're uh, you're here at the perfect time. Uh, I haven't announced my helmet stickers yet, and I will get Ben's as oh. well. Ben, you, you have a you have a question? No, I have a quick. Roddy made a said something about how Jacksonville. There's always stupid stuff that happens. That fourth and inches play call is one of the stupidest play calls I've ever seen in my life. So that, that but normally, but normally it's going the other way. Normally it's right. the other way. Right. Uh, Aaron Murray, Georgia's supposed to win. What was that first play? Is a pick six going the opposite direction? I mean, it's just uh, last year. That stupid play was the Brock Bowers catch where the bounces off the guy's helmet three or four times. Again, <laughs> this weird crap can happen down here. Now, luckily, it's all going Georgia's way the last few years. But I've been on the other side of that where Georgia can't get a break. Stupid things happen against Georgia. And you get called for dumb things. And Florida shot themselves in the foot over and over again with stupid penalties. I'd like to go back and see it because Georgia didn't have that many penalties, did they? Georgia had uh, two. They had two delay of that, games. That is that clean. Was- but the, the two delay games were actually like they did those on purpose because they were yeah. punting. Yeah. Uh, whereas for Florida, they had they only had two for seventeen. They had a false start and they had that face mask, which was the face mask was there. that that kind of put a bind. But actually, I think even on that one, they actually converted that third down. Yeah, they did. They had a fourteen yard run the next play. So yeah. there was there was a drive in that game. They missed a horse collar, and then on that drive, they missed three face masks on one play. To, Edwards. Yeah, it was it was back was like, that's it, was, it was it was Muse the horse car, and then the, the next play after that was uh Dijon Edwards uh getting three face masks on one play and, and they didn't call it. So uh um, but that but usually in, in years past when you weren't just head and shoulders out recruiting them and you know having a better coaching staff, uh stuff like that would wind up you could point back to that and go, that's where Georgia lost the game if that had been called, you know. Uh but now Georgia's just again across the front. You know, your your top forty four versus their top forty four, you're better at most positions, if not all. And it's perfect segue to the rogue shop. They're better than just about everybody else. <laughs> Go to the rogueshop.com. Bulldogs 10 will get you 10% off your order. Roddy's probably got a few of those gummies waiting to hit him uh, when he goes down to Jack's or well, he's in I Jackson. got a lollipop. Yeah, he's got a lollipop. He's gonna hit the street here in a little bit. Uh, but they are also a great sponsor of UJSports.com. They love talking football, so head over to the Rogue Shop, get your lollipops, your Delta 8s, your Delta 9s. They might even have Delta 10 by now. Uh, they, they've got all of it, so they will help uh, the, the, you get right yeah. uh, and help you get to sleep here. But before you go to sleep tonight, Roddy, you've got some helmet stickers to give out. We've got a big budget tonight, so don't hold back, my friend. Who do you want to give some to? i got to give one to Javon Bullard. Again, I thought he was everywhere, led the team in tackles. I thought that was huge. Uh, whoever on the coaching staff spent extra time realizing that Georgia could block a punt or a kick. They uh, That was one of the things and I would show you on my phone, the person that texted to me saying, expect a punt or a block kick, but I don't want to give away who that person is because he told me, said, look, they worked on it extra hard this week. They saw something on film. 
And she, as soon as it happened, I mean, I was, before they'd even announced where there's going to be a safety or what, and I'm like, you were right. <laughs> so I'm texting him immediately. Uh, so uh, the special teams staff seeing something and then implementing it and Kirby Smart said, we can come after one of theirs. I thought that was a huge game changer right there. I just kind of destroyed any uh, hope that they may have had. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, a smile, Munden. Oh, Not getting suckered in on that uh, pick. fourth down play. You know, the one that uh, mm-hmm. uh, Ben was talking about. He was, he was blocked. He got off the block. They, and I thought that the guy they sent out to, to uh, catch the pass that would have been resulting from that was uncovered. And so I was saying that he saved a touchdown. But then watching the replay, no, even yeah, the rest of the covered. defense picked, they had it covered. So uh, that play was screwed up from the beginning, but Smile Monday was able to tackle him. Again, that was the, the whole game changed right there. So give me uh, Javon Bullard, Techie Smith stopping a, uh entire series on his own and uh, Smile Munden on the defense. And maybe let's give one to Tyrion Mingo Dawkins for finally being back. Yeah. And getting, yep. a, and getting a, a tackle. So, again, we got the budget for it. So uh, yeah. I'll give those will be my four on defense. You've taken a, you've taken a good bit of the uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, pieces boss over there. Prerogative. Um, ben, do you want to go next? Go ahead. Yeah, so I'm going to go – I'll start off with Marvin Jones because I thought on some of those screens and Ooh, some of the plays, he got some pressures that didn't result in sacks, and on some of the screens, it's the small plays. It's the plays you – like there are those players when they talk about like they don't show up in the box – in the you know in the box score. They make key plays because they're unselfish. That's what Marvin Jones did a lot today. Now on offense, I know he got the penalty. That's why I was going to subtract them. But Xavier Truss had a block on that touchdown run by Dejan Edwards where he just cleared the defender, just cleared him. And he was consistent the whole game. There was like no pressure on Carson Beck. So I got to give Truss on, the, Truss on the offensive line, coming back from the injury, dominant. And then did you give one to McConkey? No, we haven't no. yet. We haven't yet. I'll, I'll give one to Lad because he they needed a big play. Lad McConkey makes the big play. I mean, that first touchdown drive that they had, and then late in the game when I thought, Late second, early third quarter, I was like, the offense isn't doing anything. He hits a big play, and then from there, they score on every drive. It's just he kind of is the guy that rejuvenates the offense, is that go-to in desperation or at any point in the game. He was that day, six catches for a buck 35 and a touchdown. Got to give it to him. So those are my three, Truss, Marvin Jones, and McConkey. So I've got uh, for offense, since Roddy went first on defense, I'll take my offensive player first. How about Oscar Delp and Lad Gardner also given 25 for the Oscar Delp one-hander fund? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yes, we appreciate that. Any any funds that you guys want to make up and then throw money into that fund, we did not stop those funds from uh, growing. So we appreciate that, Lad. But, no. Uh, that's, my, that's my favorite one of all time right there. <laughs> yeah. To, to piggyback off of Lad Gardner there. Oscar Delt, man, came in with the one-hand catch. Not only the one-hand catch, though, this kid throughout the entire hell, the last two weeks, the national media has been saying nobody can fill Brock Bauer's shoes. There's nobody on this team that can do it. And it's, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure it's got into his head, right? He's a he's a young tight end. He's the next guy in line. And everybody's like, man, there's nobody on this team that can fill in for him. How's Georgia going to be able to play without him? Uh, and Oscar Delt comes in. Two catches for 31 yards, not great. I mean, but they weren't really targeting him. He had the one great one-handed catch. But the way he was able to go in there and block and just fill in for Brock, not asking him to be Brock, but to fill in for Brock so they could still run the same type of plays that they've been running throughout the season, 12 personnel, and look decent at it. 
Uh, big shout out to uh, Oscar Delp there because hey, you, me, know, you, know it, you know it had to get in his head, Roddy, these last two weeks saying there's nobody on Georgia's team that could that could fill in for him. He goes out there. Of course, he doesn't drop 100 on their heads, but he, he makes that one-handed catch and, and goes out there and blocks well. So congrats to him. How many times did they put him in motion? He oh, goes to the far end, and then they throw that little tunnel screen in behind his block on the edge. They attack from the edges. They send him out there to the block in space, hardest place to block out there when those little kids can run away from you, the little cornerbacks, yeah. if you got to try to pick them up. <clears throat> and he went out and got him, and he uh, set up some huge blocks out there. I think it's the same type of stuff that Brock Bowers does, to your point. But uh, uh, it, it what he didn't—he wasn't covered in glory. But the effectiveness of him being out there on the edges was big. And then sometimes they brought him in tight, and he had to take on that big number one dude, you know, for Florida. So he—that—that uh, that is that is a very fair one to give. Yeah, that, what you got on offense? That's that's mine on offense. The the other one on offense, Dom Lovett. Uh, we've we've kind of I wouldn't say thrown Dom under the bus on this show, but he's had some drops, right? He's had his, I said yeah. it, you know, he's had about a six pack of drops, and uh, you know, it, it's been off and on. That one play, the fifty five yard uh, reception that he just made out of nothing and blew past the Florida guys. Uh, they needed obviously they needed McConkey to step up. He stepped up in the in the place of Brock, but they needed somebody to step up in McConkey's shoes to be that number two. He did that today, four for eighty three. Uh, I mean, you you have to have him moving forward in these next few games. Lad can't be your only option. He showed up in a in a big way. Right. Only two, only two on the offense. Weak, weak. You know, only two. We they they deserve more because you got to go to Carson back three hundred yard game, no interceptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that that's only fair. Um, no touchdowns, but you got him in the right place. He had a lot of time. The entire offensive line uh, gave him gave him the time to just pick him apart. He had 315 yards or something like that. What was it? Uh, May 315. Good call. 315. Okay, there you go. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, two touchdowns. I was thinking uh, – I was looking at thinking for Dylan Bell there. I kind of want to give another, one to Dylan that's Bell. That's another one you could give. Are you about to give one to Bell? No. Okay. You can give All one right, to Bell okay. because – I got to go Dejan Edwards. Yeah, I mean, that's a good call. Yeah, that's a good one. Just 97 yards. Uh, or it's going to be 95. And as you pointed out, he had 106 last year. Back-to-back years of basically you know, averaging 100 yards against Florida, two touchdowns each time he faces them. Uh, got hard yards, yards oh, after contact. Every one of his just, yards, every one of them's yeah. hard. There's, there's yeah. no easy yards for Dejan. No. So I thought – but, I mean, Dylan Bell receiving and running was big but i'll let somebody else do that I, but i gotta go dajan edwards and carson back just for having you know it's his first time in this game you throw for 300 yards you lead your team without getting shaken you know uh he was only pressured hurried three times that's a that's pretty damn good for the offensive line to give him that kind of time but when you have that time you've got to make the most of it and he absolutely did so I'll give one to uh uh mr dajan edwards and carson beck um you guys have already covered the top two receivers. I thought that was pretty big, uh, but that, that would be my two on offense. Um, and the only bad they, play I'll say about Beck, though, was that run. He should have had a rushing touchdown. He's he's going to look yeah. back on that, and it's like yeah. that hole. Is now, now, you know who's going to give him hell is Cedric Van Pran. I mean, you know, it's like, look, I ran up. I took on my block. I had two guys. I had two and, guys for you. And I pushed him to the right, and you ran to the right, right into where I was blocking. If you'd stayed on my behind my hips, 
you'd have danced in the end zone untouched. So yeah, I'm sure yeah. Cedric will give him hell about that. But yeah, he should have had a rushing touchdown. Uh, Dane made a good point. He said, what do we have besides helmet stickers? And we came to the conclusion to pat on the back. So uh, we'll give a pat on the back to Dylan Bell this week. Not a, not a helmet sticker. You know, we can't go blow through the budget. We can't do it. We can't do it. No, dude, we got, we, you can give I mean, we, we, we have budget money. We do, we do, but but let's let's save it. I'm sure he's got another hey, game. Bring John on and see if John will give him one. Okay, John, what's up, John? Let me what, get this out of your face. What's happening, guys? What's up, man? You you uh, are you you're allowed. You you do get a couple helmet stickers. Are you giving one to Dylan Bell? Or we're just keeping it with a pat on the back. Uh, no, I give him one. I mean, he's, he's damn it, John. He's uh, he's come through when we've needed him, especially with the running back situation. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Yep. And, and I'm I'm late to the party. I apologize. Of no, I saw you. you were in your truck, and I almost got you on, but we were a little we were a little deep. So I'm glad you came back. Sorry. And so maybe you have touched this, and I'll I'll be brief. Listen, I had a good run down there 20 years ago, but isn't isn't today a sure sign that the city of Jacksonville just really doesn't want this game? And Roddy Ooh. there, but it looked horrible on TV. It looked. Absolutely. And I understand like the university has to, they have to have the, uh, the tact that us fans don't, but that's a sure sign that they really don't care about this game. They just want the influx of, of the, of the dollar. Um, I think it's definitely time to take a good hard look and I'm sure behind the scenes, either school could not have been happy and hell a Florida player was injured in pregame. Yeah. Their, their best, their best linebacker, Shamar James. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There it is. Yeah, that's. What did didn't 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 they just sign like a three year agreement or something? Yeah, you know, you know, you know, Roddy, that uh, Kirby Smart was talking about it probably before, during, and now after uh, to those that will listen and those that have the authority to change things. Uh, about that field and what John's talking about. It, Paul, it was, did you did you hear about what Kirby said in the presser about Dan Mullen? No. So they asked him. He goes, "Oh, I heard some people thought that we were going to lose today. I thought he was my friend, but he didn't like the recruit. So leave that to leave that to him." And there was like death silence in, in, in the press room. Damn, like, two shots at him. Wow. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't. Because I'm like, Kirby's not that guy. He's just like, hey, we, we go out there, you know, we just play and win. Like, he seems like that type of guy. I'm like, well, Mullen, it's a little bit different. A little bit different there. Which is weird. Uh, we do have the Billy Napier press conference and Kirby Smart press conference on the same channel. So when you guys are done here, if you want to go watch those, it's definitely worth it. Ooh. Yeah, but I think, John. any way this game can stay down there after this contract runs out. And I know that's going to go under construction. I just – Today was just a sure sign that they really do not care. Yeah, what do you think, Roddy? They do. They, they do. Care. No, they just they just do a shitty job. The field was awful. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, uh, dude. Uh, I'm, I'm here in the photographer room. You know, see the coolers behind us are empty. Uh, there's no water in them. You know, uh, the limitations the traffic getting in and out and i understand there's a lot of people getting in and out but they got the media parking and the uh it ain't chick-fil-a no no okay. it's no it's the, not the, the, the customer service the fan experience the media experience the player experience it's just 
it's municipal. It's owned by the city. The city loves it. And the city gives more money to the schools than they would make playing elsewhere. And I spoke to somebody very high up in the athletic association when I wrote my column this week. I'm like, are you going to keep the game there? He's like, uh, I don't know if we are. I don't know. That I have no reason to think we're not going to. But a lot of it will depend on how they, uh, how the stadium renovations go. And he said, look, doing the home and away, it's a $5 million delta. You make $5 million one year, you know, when the when you're hosting the game, to the next year you make nothing. Yeah. I'm like, okay. But when you come here every year, you both get paid. And for a neutral site game, it's about a third of the cost of a lot of neutral site games. The neutral site games for other schools are three times higher because they give huge chunks that both schools use to actually keep the cost of the tickets down. That doesn't mean everybody can get them. But I'm just saying that uh, uh-huh. it's, it's not a ridiculously overly priced ticket. So I just feel like it's not in, run independently. Like when you go into Mercedes-Benz Dome and you got somebody whose name is on it and they want, you know, and an owner you can point to. It feels like when you go to a stadium run by the government, you know, and that's just kind of so, hey, oh, we, let's put new grass down. Well, let's do it. Let's do it last week so that it'll look That's good. Exactly. That ah, is government. Yes, that is government it. work. We'll do it yeah. the last second. Yeah. So if that makes sense, it's not. Do you think, Roddy, I, I think they, they want it. They just, they're just garbage at doing it. Roddy, do you think they could do home away neutral? Yeah, they could, but. Because I, I think that's the most fair path because then you keep it. So kids who are there over the duration will be in the swamp, will be between the hedges and be in Jacksonville. Yeah, and then the money is here. And- and you, you, folks, let me, uh, John, you probably know this, but the big, big money, they have houses down here. Right. They don't They don't just come down for the weekend. They don't think of it as like a, a mid-October uh, vacation. Yeah. They have houses on Amelia Island. They have houses in this area, you know, or they come down and it, it's, some people, it's the only game they go to. And they give a lot of money for other stuff, you know. And when they reach out and go, hey, I'm. Uh, I don't want to lose this game just so that every other year you can have one extra recruiting thing. You've had the number one recruiting class multiple times without moving the game out of Jacksonville. I believe you when you say that you need money for the a new locker room. I'll give you, you know, a million dollars. I believe you when you say you need to revamp the the end zone project. You know, I believe it when you need yet another building, football building with offices and a new weight room. But you want to take away my favorite game, especially now that you're winning it. Every time you win, it's less likely that you move this game. Yeah. <laughs> Call it like it is, John. Yeah. Uh, they, they have a blast, and they're like, yeah, let's keep it there. This is like it was in the 80s. Kirby is 6-2 and two against Florida. Yeah. That's, yeah. I didn't know that would happen in my lifetime. It, and, and real quick, do you not think that Sunday night or Monday, Monday that this four-game swing was brought up by him in some sort of battle cry of, these four games is going to be a gauntlet. I, I think this happened. Was it two? Was it twenty-one? We had a four-game stretch where he, like the month of October, turned. Oh yeah, that was, was hell yeah. I think that this game on Saturday has the smell to me of that twenty-one Arkansas game, where the crowd is just going to be absolutely rabid. Old Miss. We we're just talking about them. Yep. Yeah, Old Miss will probably be at night. I would imagine. So, you like your chances. I like our chances with our head coach anyway. I don't ever think that we'll be unprepared. But I just, 
Missouri's hot, but I just I just have this just smells like Arkansas twenty one all over again. There it is. John. Yep. Uh, real quick before uh, you said you're going to head out, but um, does this let these does this game change your outlook on these last four games in a positive way, negative way, or net neutral uh, after watching this game? I just think no, it's positive. I mean, I think that they definitely, they definitely, and I, I think we always played Florida well. Other than in 2020, we played them well. We just let them back in the game. Um, I just think that's a game that coach always is going to, he wants every game, but I think there's a little extra sauce on this one. Same with tech, but you know, I think it's, I think it's a positive sign. I agree with camp. I'm going to say this. Um, I, I agree with get what Gary Danielson was saying about Carson Beck. He looks extremely comfortable where I just didn't feel like it's South Carolina. And it's all relative, but I felt like he actually, He's looking more and more comfortable. Um, I felt like he's confident. But he looked- mm-hmm. John, you look more and more comfortable each week, my friend. You come on here. We appreciate you. So, yeah. All right, man. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next week against Missouri. Right. Same time. That's it. All right, brother. John's a good one, man. John's a good guy. Before yeah. we get out of here, guys, we just hit the two-minute mark. Indy Clip has got a great, great question here, and I think that uh, this is – you know, relevant because three days from now will be the first college football playoff rankings. He says, now here's a question. Where are we ranked on Tuesday? I know it doesn't matter, but if we come in at number three, UGA is going to have a chip on their shoulder. Ben, I'll start with you. You like, you you like the analytics and you like this type of stuff. The strength of schedule and everything. Yeah. You Um, like all that. You like all that. I think they'll be ahead of Michigan actually, because Michigan schedule, worse than Georgia's, so it's bad. Their best win is against – I can't even tell you. This schedule's atrocious, even compared to Georgia. Um, so then you have Washington. They beat Oregon, but they've looked bad. I'm going to go – if Ohio State looks good versus – Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin. They might like that Penn State win, even though Paul Altman, I, I was wrong on Penn State and the quarterback. I'll admit I was wrong there. I might go, they'll probably do Ohio State 1, Georgia 2 is what I guess the committee's going to do. That's my prediction for them, not what I would do. I'd put Georgia over Ohio State. But I think they're going to put Ohio as a strength of schedule because they beat Notre Dame and Penn State. They had the big conference win. They have a ranked win at a conference in the non-conference. I think they put Ohio State 1. A lot of people are putting there. So if the committee's doing their formula, they're going to put Ohio State 1. Um, and then I think two is where it's probably you and Florida State are battling because Oaks. So there's only five teams that can go in the top five: Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, Washington. Those are your top five. Right. What's the order? I think they put Ohio State one because they have the best strength of schedule. And then in there, Michigan to me has the worst schedule, but they've been dominant. Washington's been in and out. So I think it's two and three: is Georgia, Florida State, Michigan, Washington four and five. That's what I think they're going to do based off their metrics. Roddy, uh, are we going to be talking about the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs against Missouri or the number two, three, four, 17? Where are we at? Probably the number two and then looking up at uh, Michigan. Whatever you think they're going to do, they always do the opposite. I can see them putting them up there just because it's uh, they're, we're failed as human beings. You know, they 
whatever the topics are, whatever you hear the name on the most, uh, they might put them up there. I can see them going FSU for all year. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, You've won two national championships. You haven't lost. Like, it's tough for me to not put them number one. You know, and like see after the, the look when you look at what they did to Kentucky and Florida, I'd be like, Yeah, those are two great wins, and they whipped them. Right. Paul, I agree with you. I agree with you, but that's the AP polls model. AP right. poll will be number one, but they're they remember they had that formula that they talk about. They do right. the strength of schedule, they do conference championship, they have that checklist. Ohio State apparently is like number one with the checklist, so they might give it to them, even though this year. I don't see how they can win a title when their offense to me, even though they have Marvin Harrison, isn't impressive at all to me. They can't yeah, score that, on an elite team, in my opinion. Dog 85 is right. They do hate Georgia. Man, it's just going to – They put them three be, last year, right? Weren't, weren't they three? Yeah. I, they weren't ranked one, I don't think, right? It was one like, first three, I think, versus Tennessee. Yeah. Um, I so, it hey, two. it was probably Michigan. You, you're, probably, you're probably right, though, Ben. Ohio State does have the better uh, resume – and they they say they say they don't look at previous years, but you know it'll all play itself out on the field. Um, Roddy, any any final thoughts here from you, sir? I want you to bring on Gary. Oh, I didn't even see Gary. Gary, what's up, man? Hey guys, how y'all doing? doing go right, dogs! Go dogs from Thomasville, Georgia. Yeah, there you go, man. There you go. I, hey, I think I think we're gonna have our come out game next week against Missouri, guys. I think we got. I think our guys got something to prove from last year, and I think we're going to show out oh, in this. Point. I think I think Kirby and uh, and the guy and the other coaches are going to have have them ready this time, and it's going to be it's going to be between the hedges too. But I do admit, Missouri got a team this year, but I think we're just going to show out and just. I don't know if we'll shut them completely down, but I, if I had my money, I I would bet the spread on Georgia. If I, had, if I had Roddy's money, I'd bet the spread. Yeah, you ain't got that kind of money, boy. But but I actually think that we played better than what I thought we was going to play today. We oh, spread yeah, the, we spread the ball around real good. I agree. And, we showed people that we ain't no one person team. Very good yeah. point, Gary. Yeah. Gary's and, sitting, uh, and, uh, and uh Kaki had a great game. Smile Munden set the tone with that that uh fourth down hit that he had on the running back when they they ran the wild the uh the wildcat. Yeah. And then our defense showed out the rest of the game. Yeah, you're right, Gary. I also thought that uh, Javon Bullard, when they kept running that uh, slant, they tried to uh, they put a guy in motion to try to move him out of the middle of the field. They ran they, they had an ISO on the left hand side with their wide receiver running the slant against Dalen. And yeah, y'all the slant, and Javon Bullard almost killed him. <laughs> Damn. Y'all, y'all saying that you think the committee gonna rank somebody else higher than than us, and we're gonna probably be ranked number two, which I probably agree with that. But okay. I, I'll tell you this right here: after what I've seen, the progression with the with the whole season, 
I would take Georgia against anybody. The Georgia gets whole field. I like it. I I, I wouldn't disagree. I, I don't. Disagree. I don't see a team that could stand up to Georgia. Period. I may be wrong. No. What, I, about, I, FSU? what about FSU, Gary? I love FSU, but I think. I, I, uh, FSU's strength on offense is our strength on defense this year. So I think we would shut down them corners on FSU. I like it. I mean, I like the, the receiver, our corners would was, was shut down the uh, FSU receivers. Okay. I like that. I like that. What do y'all think about FSU? Um, I, think, I think they're really good. That's you think? I, I you think see them in the playoffs. Georgia, Georgia, Florida State in the national championship this year. Ooh. If you don't see, if you don't see them in a playoff game beforehand, yeah, yeah. they might they, they might be the uh, the prelim. Yeah, <laughs> but man, I don't want to keep y'all too much, but. Gary, I just want to get on and holler at y'all and say go go dogs, man. We appreciate it, Gary, as always, my friend. Gary, you made my night. I appreciate you jumping on, my man. Uh y'all y'all take care and be blessed, guys. Hey, you too. Bye. Thank you, sir. Where is it? Gary's a good one. He is. Gary's a good one. Any uh passing thoughts as uh you head back to Georgia, Roddy? Here. Well, I'm gonna go uh Go get some food, go eat some dinner, and uh, edit all these stories that uh, Jason and Trent and Brent and Dash and Jed and uh, Lance. Well, no, Jed's off at doing God knows what in New Orleans this weekend. And I might have some important ones that will be in there, but I can't yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Biz, Biz is going to be, uh, be doing some basketball recruiting. Then uh, uh, Catherine's photo gallery will be in. It's amazing stuff. You saw some of the post-game reaction. I mean, the uh, celebration shots she had, they're really good. So we got a lot coming. I'm going to go work on that. But my passion thought is uh, you've, Kirby has changed the tenor of this series for him to go mm-hmm. six and two, three in a row. And I didn't realize that what Ben said, three in a row to win by 20 points. I mean, I remember when it was rare, a rare win down here. And that's why I'm always negative about this one game throughout the year because I had so many times of coming down. I started 1990 coming down here. And you would drive back, you know, through Savannah, you know, going up uh, I-16 and or going up I-95, I-16, and just you, you avoided all radio. You avoided all the call-in shows because it was always, oh, Georgia lost again. And the fact that, you know, six out of eight, that's uh, pretty damn good. And one of those, you should have won that one too. So he should be like seven and one. And uh, it's personal to Kirby. He, again, I, I put in my column, that man was standing on the 50-yard line as a true freshman when Steve Spurrier decided on purpose to hang half a hundred on Georgia. And he saw the guy catch a pass and go across the end zone, two minutes left in the game. They're still throwing, you know, up comfortably. We've talked for years how Steve Spurrier hates Georgia and always has, you know, and – Hate you know would always take digs at Georgia. I mean, even this week, calling for an upset. Uh, you now have your Steve Spurrier, a guy who owns the Gators and who will always hate him and will always go out of his way to beat him. You saw Mike Bobo giving that 
monster high five to uh, Todd Harley. He hates him. Todd Harley hates him. Uh, and you saw that. And again, I thought Georgia might go, I thought they might go for a 50 burger, but uh, this, this game means a lot to them. Now, next week's game will be about a championship. It yep. won't be personal. They don't, they don't dislike Missouri, but you've got to beat those guys. So they'll be back to work. There won't be as much passion, but they will be meticulous in their uh, uh, approach. And you got to feel pretty comfortable about where Georgia is after what they did today. I'm not saying they could win. They're going to win, but you got to feel better knowing that, okay, you, you have a plan for being without Brock Bowers. And can everybody get off Mike Bobo's back? I think everybody is. There were people complaining throughout the whole damn game. And I'm like, really, really? yeah, I'm like, Mike, okay, I know you hate the runs up the middle, but when they worked, they worked very well. You know, but he also, I mean, how many times did Georgia throw on first down? They came out throwing the ball all over the place. And you take away, you know, his uh, best right tackle, you take away his best tight end. And I thought he compensated well, called a good game, and Georgia scored a hell of a lot of points. So, ben, and maybe next week he'll be terrible. Who knows? I don't. I'm just saying, but for a week, let's not bust on the mic. What you got, Ben? I think this was clear cut, either tied or at the very least second best game of the season played by Georgia, without a doubt. And I think, like Roddy brought up earlier, that uh, I didn't know if anyone brought it up throughout the time, but Amarius Mims. Having him back on that offensive line is huge because when you only start like six games in your Georgia career and they're still talking about you being picked in the top half of the first round, that goes to show people in NFL, in the NFL scouting community, say that guy's special. And if you can get that guy back versus Mizzou with the way this run game's already each week, the beginning of the season, the running game, I was like the first few games, something just wasn't right. Recently, the last like three games, the rushing attack from Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Florida, has been very efficient. Like the yards per carry has to be like six plus yards per carry in like each of those games. And that's the thing when you don't have Brock Bowers, but you have a run game to lean on and you have protection like that without your best tackle, that gives me faith in your offense. And I think the defense going forward, my biggest knock on Georgia from the beginning of the year hasn't even been the run defense not being like normal. It's the pass rush. And today you had your best, you know, performance with the pass rush and you force fumbles. Georgia's been traditionally this year the team that fumbles the ball and they don't force fumbles. They were forcing fumbles today and they weren't fumbling the ball. So that's something that I think of this pass rush, Jalen Walker, uh, seeing Damon Wilson play today. I don't think I've seen him really play key minutes in a game at all this year. And Michael Williams, who really has underperformed at times, if those guys can, can keep it going and they have a pass rush, I don't think Missouri stands a chance if Georgia can get to Brady Cook. They have a pass rush and they're at home. They're, they're not losing so I think next week, like Roddy said, it's a national championship atmosphere because I think if you win that game, you're 12-0, and 0, and that at least guarantees the playoff, which is all you can hope for at this point after winning two in a row. Yeah, great points. Hey, I'll keep it short and sweet. Dogs keep winning. I mean, you can't ask for anything more if you're a Georgia fan. You go in there 43-20 to 20 against Florida, like Ben said, three times in a row now, beating Florida by 20-plus points. Uh, you're you're living in the golden age of Georgia football. Continue to relish every minute uh, of this. You've got a great head coach leading your program. You've got great kids on the field. And, uh, you know, we'll see what they do against Missouri. Like Roddy said, they could wet the bed, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're, uh, they're ready for that one. So just like we'll be ready for you guys next week against Mizzou. After the game, the POS will be live. Same time as this one probably. And uh, we cannot wait 
to get back here with you. For everybody that commented throughout the entire program, we appreciate it so much. You guys help tremendously to uh, Mr. Sampson, Mr. Holloman, and, and Lad Gardner. We appreciate those uh, super stickers there. And uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Big game. Big, big game. We didn't think it was going to be at the beginning of the year, but this is one that uh, I think Georgia fans should have circled and, and ready to be out there. I'm sure Kirby's going to be at the Monday press conference, Roddy, asking for everybody to get there two and a half hours early and wear out your voices. So I'm sure you will. But if you're not there, make sure to join us after the game. Kurtz will be there unlike whenever Dan Mullen was coaching. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to watch that clip. Guys, for Ryan Bolsey, Ben Choppy Bachman, I'm Paul Meharry. This is the post-game overreaction show, Georgia versus Florida. Congratulations on the victory. We'll see you next week.